here we go once again rhyming and stealing like a tree again don't think the funk that is true hanging with the get fresh crew america's sweetheart and a total mess wrong turn grant and raves edit that out jazz it's weird science Welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm munching on the Apple's Discord, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Werner. And this is the only weird, oh, it's the only weird science show, episode number two, 526. 526. I, I threw you up because I said that would fade out, and it was supposed it did not. to, Eric. It, it did, did not. not fade out. It just stopped. That is, are you aware of chiptune? That is no. a form of music using 8-bit music. Telling you, I said to you before, I knew that I'd picked the wrong one. That was the wrong one. <laughs> I had just ended. I'm like, oh crap, there we go. Don't we'll worry, Eric. Going. You've never heard this before. It's going to say, let's go and then suddenly fade out. Okay. It, it should fade out, Eric. It should have, but it did not. Luckily, we're not fading out. Here we are. Boop. We're here for the show. <laughs> I'm telling you, the idea, my, my whole goal is to introduce different genres of music to everybody out there as we go Smoothly. through. Smoothly. This game we call life with fade outs. See, I think that what happened, and I don't know why I, I saved that one, never meaning to use it, but saved it in the same file as the other one that I did Sounds fade right. out and wanted to use. But I called that one number two, which it kind of was, Eric, if, if you ask me. But the number one, that should have been the one that I picked. But I thought, wait a minute, if I did another one, see, this is what happens with me. I end up... Uh, I was going to say thinking too much, but I think that's giving myself no, no, way, no. way too much the credit. Hey, everybody. Hey, all you weirdos. Here we are. It is episode 526. See, I'm, I'm actually very proud of myself that I threw you off that much. That is more of a thing. Like, man, I could say, yep, people, 526 episodes. Here we it's are. It's fine. And you do it each and every week with every time you try to make a joke. Well, that's hey, not get, fun. Hey, everybody. What about... You know, doing bad stuff to children. I'm like, Jim, why are you doing this to me? Why would you bring that up? You mean later when we bring up a van that's going through Metropolis? I should, okay. Man, Eric, that would be a catastrophe. See, I'm just continuing the fun. <laughs> hey, everybody, it is 526. We have four books. And uh, what they call that in the realm of podcasting is a load of horse crap. I mean, there's some weird stuff going on in these books. And really, I told you before we started that anybody who ever put a scheduling with a Ram V Detective Comics alongside a size for your flash. Fire them. Fire Maybe them now. Maybe get fired, possibly arrested, Eric, because <laughs> I ended up reading these. And it's, I told you, we're, I, you know, I could say it's throwing me off. We're recording a little earlier. And so doing that, I ended up like, okay, my, my whole thing. Yeah, that really did. The, the whole play, <laughs> though, is I'm like, okay, I have this time. I have things set in my mind. So I start reading, not remembering that I had to read size for your flash. And, Ram the Detective Comics. Luckily, I'd already read Detective Comics. I just so love I the idea. We have four them. books, and I, I forgot to read two of them. Well, no, I didn't forget. It's I said, I you know my play here. I I read them last night. I still have to reread them because I don't remember shit. So I was going to reread them, and I thought, okay, four books. That's about an hour and a half for me. 
And so I left that, and then I'm like, oh, God, that, that freaking flash took me forever. It really did, Eric. And I sat there thinking through the whole thing. What are we going to say about this book? But we'll figure out something. What are we going to we'll say about Detective? Fun. That's the one that took me forever for some reason. I just kept waiting for things to happen. And the idea that it's like, all right, you got some Batman of the mind telling you the classic stuff that you've seen a million times. And then the question is doing some question wolf, stuff. Man. And I'm like, why is this a part of the finale to your run that's ending in September? I just like, we're, we're like, obviously we're still far away, but in comic terms, we're fucking at the home stretch. And I'm like, this feels so weird for a series that has done nothing so far. And actually in the Ram V stuff, there are, I'd love to say there's peaks and valleys, but I'm waiting for the peaks and I'm waiting for when we go to a side story, maybe an intermezzo. When, when yeah, we come back, yeah, when we come back though, you expect that you're going to get a lot of clarity, a Bombastic. lot of forward push, but you, you didn't. And then that flashbook, I, don't even, I really, I don't know what the hell is going on. Honestly, I don't even want to talk about how we're going to talk about it because I'm so like uncertain. Now, we, we have talked recently, uh, even in our spotlight, which I'll, I'll tell everybody while we go through this, if you want to hear more. You know, more of us talking like this, you can go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. It's in the show notes for a clickable dick. Uh, Our spotlight, we talked about Jay Garrick, The Flash, but we also ended up talking about, what was it, Eric? Amazon's Attack number five? Amazon's Attack. But when we were talking at the end, we were bringing up the concept of when you drop a book, if you keep reading it, if you keep reviewing it, we even said at points characters like a Batman, you, you can't drop most of the books of that domain. Detective or Batman, even though if you go back, we shoved that aside at one point. But The Flash is another one. I actually thought, man, if I didn't say that this week, could I have convinced Eric to maybe let's skip this Flash? Let's pretend that we forgot all about it. I just have to assume that The Flash will not go on very long. But from what we've been getting so far, there's no way this can continue on. And uh, again, I said, and also if you want to check out our YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics, where we have a bunch of things, I do have a theory which I'll also talk about tonight when we talk about Green Arrow. But one of the things that I've been percolating on is the idea, is DC heading for, you know, not a reboot, but maybe a little reset, a little rethink, I like to call it, of these books going forward. And everything seems to hit around uh, September. You end up having Tom Taylor's run ending. You end up having Bram V's run ending. And if you look, that's also where you get to a second trade end of this flash, there's been rumors. There's even been times where hinted by Cy Spurrier. This isn't for the long run. I think it ends at 12. I think it's an experimental type thing to hold the place until they maybe get something else going after Absolute Power. Because it looks like Absolute Power may, you know, change a little status quo. Change and that's what the I think the reboot would the be. DC Universe forever. And so I, I don't mind a status quo change. And while people don't like a reboot, I think it'd be pretty clever of them. They didn't do this in the whole Dawn of DC, which we thought was a, a misplay. Have a bunch of new number ones with new creative teams. That gives you almost a reboot, but keep the same continuity. Keep the, the whole play. But Because usually when you start a new run anyway with a new writer, you could jump in on that. So it is kind of that play. So I, I hope that that's what ends up happening. Especially on that flashbook. Holy moly. And I think that maybe you got to get back to that rebirth feel at the very beginning of, hey, let's just go basic, you know, and and heroes and their legacy and stuff. Hopefully that will be it. But we'll see because absolute power, the way that it's shaping up, seems like it might really change a lot of the status quo of these heroes and their books. But we'll have to see. But uh, also when we get, we'll, we'll talk more about this, obviously, in Green Arrow. That's kind of the book. 
that we end up, you know, having a lot of that play going towards absolute power. So we'll talk about that then. So to continue here, though, as I said, we had two books on the Patreon spotlight, two books picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. And so what we end up doing at the beginning of this here show is give them a little shout out. Give them a little roll call, Eric. Here we go. Uh, uh. It's the beginning uh-huh. of a new month, Eric. So can I rap a little? No. Can I, my name is Jim at all. D-Man 3001, David Bank, a Trevor, Dad Nation. Yeah, y'all. Eric K., who we'll hear from later in the mail section. Waller makes me holla. Uh, sure this does. is the thing. I'm going to put you started this nonsense. I didn't do now, nothing. Zach, Zach has picked up the baton, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to him too. Also, thanks to Mark Claire, the Mark Claire Show. He has joined in as a badass longtime nice. Patreon, also on the Second Print Comics podcast that a lot of people listen to us, listen to them, and an awesome guy, awesome show, him and Remzo. The Annihilator, Ted Probst, I love Punchline, Stork, Cam, Matt Razor, Niels at T Ward. Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, Sue 42. To you and me, Michael G., Michael S., Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky, the fragging main man. He's there. He's I wish back. we get to get that Large sound charge. effect. We do like the space hog. It's so fun. Mark sure Jaeger, Bill Beer from the Bat Pod. I said me and him are going to do an amalgam podcast coming up, so I can't wait for that. Ruben, Carlos, Noah, Marv, Matthew Rapier, Luke Hollywood, Simon. I'll just go down the line. Lucas ditched me, and then now I, I talk too long. <laughs> Uh, uh. We also have Simon, as I said, Luis Merchip, Andrew Belfast, Swanee. Just, Eric, it'll say let's go, and it will fade out. Swanee, uh-huh. Anthony G, Josh Rebellion, Batman Beyond, Mark, me and them have a cartoon a show coming up. That's the DuckTales. DuckTales there. Uh, I, I thought like it was an adult DuckTales. What am I? Who am I a there? Child. Scrooge McDuck? My child? B. Mira, Brandy, Murray up in Canada. That's Buffalo, Canada. Me and him continued our TMNT podcast this past week on the Patreon. Double A-Ron doxing his ass in Minnesota. There you go, Eric. And all-time greats, Reginald Drinkwater and Rob Lewis. Well, you know, there you go. Our fate. That fate. That faded out, right? (laughs) Uh, It's because it's early. It throws me off. Uh, It's these books. But we, like I said, we have four books. We'll try to have fun with I think we'll still have fun with them. And it's fun to hear us lose our minds, I would believe. And I do think when I looked at what we're going to be talking about next week as well, when I said before, hey, Eric, I don't think they're replacing these many. It really is showing up in the limited amount of books. But, you know, we like a little reprieve now and again. So with all that, we have four books we're going to get into right about now. Come on. Cause Batman's got a demon in him 
know you're golden now, but you shouldn't be a slouch You haven't done much besides sleeping on Gordon's couch Batman's got a demon in his head I'd rather be a wolf man than just end up dead Now, but you shouldn't be a slouch You haven't done much besides sleeping on Gordon's couch Batman's got a demon in his head I'd rather be a wolf man than just end up dead That is true, Eric. He's got a demon in his head. And uh, was your favorite part that uh, the, the Gordon couch sleeping? Did you like that? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, I like that. Yeah. Yes, that now, what genre the, of music would you call this? That would be K-pop. That I is thought a, it was going to be K-pop, but I didn't want to say it because, like, oh, I'm going to be called a dummy if it's not K-pop. That is black pimps, uh, black pimps, black pink style K-pop is what okay. that is. Yeah. Well, that is my favorite K-pop song I've ever heard. Yeah, see, there you go. I think that you would actually like Blackpink. It's a lot more... I would you know, like all K-pop that sings about DC Comics. Well, that's, they might not do that. <laughs> Maybe they do, but yeah. And in fact, if, if you would go and think about that, I know that you're a big uh, Blackpink fan. You would think that that's more of a duet between Lisa and Rosé. But that's Obviously. Fine. That is fine. That's kind of I don't the know play. the genre, but obviously At I know that. At one point, it sounds like Rosé might get a little too high in that, that octave register. <laughs> she has a little problem. But here we go. The only other thing that I did that bothers me about that song is it says that it don't call it a comeback. And then when Rosé comes in, she says it's a comeback because, I don't know, she didn't quite get the memo. But here we are. Don't here we are. We do, we do have the detective comics and yes i think that people were blinded by the fancy metaphoring one of my favorite things <laughs> so nonsense because that's what we're going to get a lot of in this this issue and we're going to get it in this episode because we're going to have it a lot in flash and it's one of those things that ram v he likes to tell his wacky stories he likes to get into things he likes to kind of act fancy man that grant morrison was cool let me try that yeah and especially when we get to size Spurrier. but the problem is is me and you were never real big grant morrison fans but i've become more of one me and gray end up doing a on the patreon we do a grant morrison podcast and going through and actually reading more and more of his stuff i realized that while i always was thrown off by that fancy crazy wacky stuff it's actually more balanced than I ever would have imagined by some really, really good writing that makes that stuff make sense then. But when you get Ramsey and Cy Spurrier, they don't seem to get that memo. They don't seem to get that you can't just be wacky for wacky's sake or you can't just talk fancy for fancy's sake. And I think that Ramsey, he does, he, he's a mood guy. We talked about this before. He's mood over story. That doesn't work for me, but he's also like, I'm seems bored. to think he's reinventing Is that a mood? the wheel. That's what mood I get into, and that's the problem. The the Sykes Spurrier stuff, I I don't get angry. I just get very confused, like why. But the Ram V stuff, I just I get bored. And this issue is boring. I think this issue is so boring. And you said it earlier. You already said when I was reading this, I I swear to God, I thought it was seventy pages. I kept checking. I'm like, 
Really, on page 12? Like, I, I feel like I've been reading, like, three <laughs> issues of a book. How is that and why? And that just shows. And when you go with a Ricardo Frederici art, which I, I have gone on the record and said sometimes I don't love the storytelling aspect of it, I feel bad for him this issue because I think the art looks pretty good at points. Yeah, but again, it. you have Ram V not really telling much, and you almost you almost get pulled away from the art. You, you're so trying to figure out and reading this dialogue that you don't ever recognize how good the art is because nothing's making sense. But this is Detective Comics number 1082, written by Ram V, with art by Ricardo Frederici and Stefano Raffaele. So there are two artists. We'll get the second artist. Uh, Stefano does the uh, question stuff. Colors by Lee Lowers and letters by Ariana Mayer. And yeah, we're of the mind. So right away, you got to watch yourself. You can't go too heavy in the mind because it doesn't mean anything. I mean, it well, doesn't even the matter. Idea it really of, you know, having you know, Batman of the mind dealing with the asthma and the uh, hyper adapter of the mind kind of stuff that's like fighting duality of it. While you have Dr. Hurt being the narrator of what's going on to Batman, like the idea was Batman the best use of your time or could Bruce Wayne have done more for the city by using his money to stop things? Because as you have a city of the mind overrun with just Random clowns as an uh, analog for the Joker and just any of uh, DC comics like Gotham Rogues Gallery. What fun is it for a clown in a place that's happy? So you wouldn't have these things if you actually did your job as Bruce Wayne and used your money for good. And you have a lot of this until Bruce just starts fighting, you know, the asthma of the mind, the freaking demon wolfman who wants to take him over. But the idea of Dr. Hurt being the editor, I know he's... He is so heavily tied to the hyper-adapter idea of the Barbatos that he's just here, but I don't understand why he's here. Like, why is he Why is he just the avatar of Barbatos at this point to tell us what we need to know? And you've said it already, only because the connection, the, the hyperdeptor. But in this where Ram V, and really, I mean, basic, basic bitch, really. The idea, hey, guess what Ram V said? That Bruce Wayne would have been better used his money to help Gotham than the to do his crusade. I mean, we, we've seen this a million times, but he's trying to get it a little more fancy here. But when you end up having Dr. Hurt, the thing is... You want to kind of, maybe he in his head, and maybe some people have figured out what, but I'm with you through the whole time. All I kept thinking of, why Dr. Hurt? What what does this mean? Does this mean something different? Is he trying to show us a different level of this, a layer? This, and no, and again, it's I'm just like, am I just Am I just dealing with the mystical aspect of Dr. Hurt as well, who somehow has transported himself to the mind because of the connection to Barbados and whatnot? Or is it just nothing in general? Because even in the backup of the story, we just have Dr. Hurt doing sadistic, spiritual Dr. Hurt, I say spiritual, but like sorceress, like sorcery kind of stuff that Dr. Hurt does, where people are trying to get back at him. And it's just this weird backup Dr. Hurt story. I'm like, does this tie in at all, or is just to like you know just to fill up page space to make it an extra buck? It's it's an odd thing because it's a backup too. The what I saw was I was you know looking at different things, reviews, and talking to some people with other stuff as well. But they ended up where our first review of this you know arc with the backup with Doctor Hurt. People are even like they they're not really in the know. They need to be guided a bit because some people think well Doctor Hurt Doctor Hate. We have all these things that are swirling around in their heads. It's one of those things like I'm not a big Grant Morrison fan, no, but things but just like thing. Dr. Hurt, where we throw this character in there, these weird ideas and concepts that can never be fully fledged out because the idea that you can never fully understand this is pretty much how far you take the character. Like, oh, it's this, it's this, it's this, or is it all of those? Is it none of those things? We can leave it ambiguous. And every time Dr. Hurt shows up, it's always just weird moment where I'm like, 
what are you going to do this time, guy? Because I never understood your character for where it goes. Oh, you're a spiritual, like immortal guy because of the hyper adaptive this. You're all these different concepts that Grant Morrison has thrown out there, but you're none of them as well. But it doesn't matter because I think even the last time we saw him, I think it was during Nightwing's rebirth. I was like, oh, I got, you know, Professor Pig to make some Bellatrons <laughs> of, you know, Dick Grayson and Robin. I and forgot like about that, when we saw him there. I think we saw him like, one time in uh, Scott Snyder's run as well. But that was we, like a uh, maze of the mind. I mean, every time he shows up, you get wacky. And I hate just, that. yeah, so do I. And uh, again, I think that there are things, and I, I'm trying to think of uh, another example, but seriously, Dr. Hurt is one of those things that you're never going to have him just show up, like just walk into a room and, hey guys, what's going on? It's me. It always is wacky like this. And the other thing, while not really a Ram V fault, maybe an overall DC fault and also editors, is you're dealing with this part of the. But we're also then on the opposite side with Chip Zdarsky and Batman. We have the Zoranar stuff, and things do start getting like, okay, we kind of have this as we've been told different things where this takes place after Chip Zdarsky stuff for whatever that means to anybody but out the there. the problem is we're reading it at the same time. You can, you can tell me I'm even going to go with something quite like that when we get to Green Arrow of the idea of what we know, but what we know is more than what's really going on. Because, again, here we are, and we're reading both at the same time, and we get into this, and – Maybe some people are picking and choosing things, but I kind of don't. I, I hate where people seem to elevate an issue when they end it confused. Like the idea yeah. of like, and we've talked about this many a time of maybe people don't want to admit they're stupid. I don't mind saying I'm stupid. I know I am. And I know I'm a dummy a lot of times. But that's why well, I like coming on. The, and, and also I like coming on the podcast because a lot of times you will correct me. Or vice versa occasionally. But still, that's why I love talking about comics. I don't mind if I'm wrong. If I'm really stupid, edit it out. But it's just the (laughs) idea. Like, if I ended up saying, well, I think this is this and this, and I end up being wrong, that's fine. Again, Green Arrow will will do a little of that. But when I end an issue and I really think, okay, as a joke we say, I, I don't think that I'm that dumb. I may not be the smartest guy. But when I get done an issue and I don't even know what I read, there is a problem. And how many people are going to keep wanting that to happen? You actually are buying something that is telling you, I don't want to tell you this story in a way you'll understand. And I don't get it. And that's Ramby does it a lot. Does he pay off at the end? I don't think so. I mean, there's the <laughs> swamp thing at the end. They're like, yeah, it kept going and going. People loved it for the moments, the, like I said, the mood, the deal. But at the end, it, it kind of fell apart, and in this, well, I even just the big hope. story that people seem to love was the idea of the hate bomb the Nazis left behind during the Blitz and stuff like that, which was outside the normal story that he was trying to tell. It's like a one-off issue number five, I think it was, out of an eight-issue mini. It's like I don't like you're telling the story that all of a sudden, all right, put a pin in that. We're going to tell this one-off that people love because it was just the idea of it, but it meant nothing to the series overall for what you're trying to understand about the new character Levi Kamei. Yeah, and and again, something that you desperately need to get info. So when you have this, you know, orgum. All this stuff going on in this book, the asthma, you end up having names. I think that finally an editor said to Randy, listen, you've been doing this story for almost two years. People don't know the names of the characters. So he ends up saying at that one point, you know, Erhard, the eyes lady. I think you have to do that. that. That's exactly what I needed at that point in time. When, when they're like, oh, the eyes lady. Yeah, I know that dumb bitch. Yeah, you knew her because the eyes lady. But the eyes yeah. lady has been in this book for almost woman. two years. Two years, and we still don't know. So when you get this, I love that the title and a lot of the issue deals with sand. He has one line that is actually pretty clever, the way that he plays it out. But really, in my mind, foundation of sand. 
because I can still sit there and say, as a joke, what what was the organ place? But the big play is, what, what's the thalamus engine? What's the reality engine? What does it really do? How is it doing it? And also, how is it, I say this to you all the time, said it before we started, how is a foreign, you know, royalty, a family coming into Gotham? Yeah, they have the reality engine. That's fine. But yep, just because they have a deed of land for the Arkham Asylum, suddenly they're allowed to, to and they're not doing it from the shadows. They are on no. Front Street, right? Front Street, and this is but probably greasing some palms. Yeah, great, but again, that doesn't allow. Just imagine that some, and it seems like they might be from India. Never really was spelled out fully, but an Indian family comes to you know New York City. The minute they get there, they're going to yell that they're going to execute somebody, and then they're just running shit up on front. Somebody not in the city might have a problem with this. Might say, "What's going on in Gotham?" Uh, that's New York's problem. Yeah, that you have to, you do have to, you know, have some suspension of disbelief, but. Agreed. Sometimes it gets too far. It gets too far. And we can say for the most part, anybody that's going to be active in this whole situation, they're going to be as murdered up and be taken control of for the most part. We we don't know how far that's gone throughout the city as well. But like I, I, for the majority, I feel like, oh, they're going to hang someone. There's an angry mob. Well, I ain't going down there. Yeah, I ain't remember it was shit. weird. Then, then some people fought against it. I don't know. Like things get wonky. And even in this, I think that what he is doing, again, he's taking way too long and it's still taking way too long, is – you know, maybe you can get rid of the man, but you can't get rid of the symbol. Maybe you can get rid of the symbol, but you can't. I, whatever it is, it's the idea. Because even in this, when that one, you know, paramilitary policeman looks and sees the Batarang, he has that, like, look of, oh, my God, I remember Bat. Like, oh, my God, I'm starting to remember Batman. Like a distant nightmare I remembered as a child. What is this thing? This is a an child. actual dialogue. This is me thinking. The actual dialogue. Why is, like. You almost have this, again, we talk about it, sixth grade dark poetry, but it almost feels like with the AI stuff going around, I love it if you don't know her. I do. You get, you write a, a script, and the script is Batman uh, should have used the money to help Gotham, and, and once he leaves, we're going to make everybody forget the end. Puts it through the AI pretentious as shit filter, and out pops things you got like. That? You got that filter? That's a film. Laughing down a pavement of unblemished human truths. Why are we doing this? I, we talked about this. I'm just sitting in the, the background. When, when you're talking about the idea, what's the organ place? Why would they allow this to go on outside of Gotham with the knowledge of what is happening inside Gotham? But I'm like, why did it take the organs over 400 years to come back and fix the mistake in the 1600s? Eric, they are they they are very deliberate interactions. And you go no, and and so again, because that's the whole idea is that everything that's happening in Gotham right now is because they fucked up the thalamus engine in the 1600s and early days of Gotham, where a, a man dressed as a bat came around, where you had like a like colonial fucking two face and scarecrows and weird shit like that, and that's what the world has been made around it ever since. And now we got to fix our mistake and make asthmas and organs because that's the shit we like. Yeah, and, and even then, like. When we talk about a lot of other things, I we don't really get the street level like, oh, look at all these asthma gangs or what, like what is happening in the city. Just and now it is. Hey, I don't remember the Batmans. I wonder about the Batmans. And the question 
Renee Montoya is on the case, but the stuff with well, no, even Batman, the idea of Renee Montoya, because even Renee Montoya being on the case, it ultimately boils down to man that detective feeling he done got killed by Detective Nash, and I got to get to the bottom of that. It feels so small compared to what's actually happening in the city. While they're still contending with the idea that Batgirl's still out there, man, how does she be able to continue the symbol on with me being Renee Montoya? The question I can hardly remember what this is, but it seems so familiar to me. But like, got to get down to the like who killed Detective Fielding and why Nash did this. And you have, you know, Cassandra, she's in, and uh, I don't know, even that, like, instead of actually having dialogue at most points, it's over-narration, and that doesn't fit for me, or hit for me, it doesn't sink in as much with, she said this, and she looked at me in a glance, and do that, but then I'm starting to think, like, where's Barbara Gordon? Where is Nightwing? Where is Damien? Like, all this stuff going on with Batman missing, again... That's kind of a thing you have to play with these books, but it's and still we're not caught so up to that point yet. We're off doing something else in six months from you now. You say from the point, I just need to know what the hell they're doing. And one of them, Cass is there, which is fine. He's going to play almost like the mute cast play in this with that narration stuff. But even so, well, even the idea just because you see we're playing the mute cast because well, she doesn't like, it, talk because of the it narration. Is, it, it is the narration, but even Renee is like, oh, they, she told yeah, me she this. Said, like, right. yeah. And it's it's brief words. You're still playing the mostly yeah. mute cast who like doesn't like just talk like a goddamn chatter chatter mouth. Oh, I yeah, can't chatter mouth. Chatter mouth. I like chatter mouth. You know, like the hell when you go, when you have a Dr. Hurt, like you said, and just to point out in that song, Lisa in the rap did say that Batman hasn't done much in this whole run. He still Nothing. isn't. I mean, this is a He mind. did something that one issue where he blew up the Oregon place. And that feels like the yeah. majority of what we had Batman do the entire Ram V run besides will be passed out while other people do stuff. And even when you get action. It's of the mind. He seemingly is crawling through the desert at this point, trying to fight off the asthma and Barbados of the mind. Even then, to, to tie it in what I said about, hey, we're reading both Chip Zdarsky and this, you even start with Dr. Hurt, like, this is a city that you would like, the city with a, it feels so much like when, you know, Batman went in the multiverse, that sort of play, and it just, everything feels like, Ramsey thinks he's reinventing the wheel, but it just feels so overdone. It feels like, well, uh, you know, the, the tread idea. of that tire is already off because we've dealt with these things before. Even with the idea, though, where Dr. Hurt's talking about, you know, the city that could have been and like the idea of what Batman is better off than being Batman or Bruce Wayne. And he is fighting the the asthma wolfman at this point with, you know, giant bat wings. And even with the, the bat wings, it feels weird because it almost feels like maybe Barbados is combining with the yeah, asthma Yeah, with combining, time, that's but, what I thought. Yeah. But it's so weird because you have no idea. But, you know, Dr. Hurt is saying that Barbados is going to need a sacrifice for you to be able to move on. I'm like, are you going to be able to sacrifice the Batman, which you need to have to be the Bruce Wayne, which Dr. Hurt wants you to say to do, but like then you're still left with the Barbados of the mind, or can you actually just sacrifice the Asper and that be the sacrifice? All, all I'm getting down to is that for whatever reason, Barbados needs a sacrifice for us to move on from here. Like, can you sacrifice the Wolfman of the mind? Sacrifice Dr. Hurt. Uh, you, you're in the mind, though. Again, like, I can't really grip everything of, okay, if he does this, this will happen, because then it could just get pulled away because it's of the mind. And then by the end, he does end up being found and then taken to Talia, who I thought would have been near him anyway. She seemed to have ditched him in the desert, maybe as his little walkabout penance or it's whatever. Him now. But it is that idea where everything seems like so overblown for such a non entity of a story of, Hey, you got to choose, and also that that Batman should be better. Bruce Wayne could have been better for Gotham, and 
I have to imagine by the end of Bruce uh, Bruce Wayne, of Ram V's run, maybe even leading out to, I don't know what the plans are for Batman, maybe just get his money back, because when Dr. Hurt's talking to him in the desert of the mind, they're like, there's no leaving this desert without facing the truth. You must make your sacrifice to Barbados. Bruce Wayne need not ever win, my boy, but surely Batman must. Otherwise, everything you've done was in vain. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, is the idea he gets out of this, realizes how much, like, you know, Batman, like, the idea of Batman is futile, with what he's doing with it while he can do more Bruce Wayne stuff. And, and in my mind, getting his money back from Lucius somehow, whatever it is, just becoming, you know, Bruce Wayne that we know and love. Because at one point you have Dr. Hurt and he's like, oh, man, you gave up all your money for your thing. I'm like, no, 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 I got to take it from him. I got to take it now. What I thought this was, and, and if by the end, it might, it, it feels so much to me like what we, we always say that a lot of writers do now, you know, beat down the character, beat him down, then get him back to status quo. What, yeah, you, you know, did it. And then everybody prays. I think that'll be, but what I do think that could be cool, and, and I will give Ram V a credit if this is happening. We have talked a lot about how Gotham should be like, Batman, get the hell out of here. You have lost the city over and over and over. And I think that what Which we makes get sense by the, for an absolute power coming. Yeah, and what I get at the end, though, even in this just this book, to them probably get it taken away for absolute. Who knows? But the idea where Gotham has to be reminded that they do love Batman, and that this isn't going to be like what's going on with the Orgums. It's not good, and they suddenly start remembering Batman because of how great he was, and then they welcome him back, and then everybody's happy. And then also in the meantime, he realizes he's got to do better, but. Do you want the stories of Batman, uh, just Bruce Wayne at, you know, meetings saying, I think we have to do this, that and the other thing. I just think that this ends up being a real, you know, affirmation. Gotham needs Batman. Gotham loves Batman. You can't have Gotham without one or the other. Here we go. We love you. High five. Let's go. But you're taking the long route to that. But one of the things we've been seeing, like Chip Zdarsky's run and different things in Batman, is that the idea that we're getting less Bruce Wade and more Batman, even getting rid of the money and stuff like that, is because he's focused more on being Batman. Actually, like uh, Joshua Williamson's Batman and Robin is trying to get away from that a little bit with the father-son aspect of Damian Wade. He's there as doing the that soccer kind of dad. Yeah. yeah, soccer dad Bruce Wayne. But for the most part, I think you do need the duality of you need both of them doing as much as you can for like the entire city, and you just can't have one or the other. Well, like I said, I think that maybe... Where I get this is what you said earlier, where the Orgums wait all that time and then they come back. Finally, they come back to Gotham because we can't like we thought we could get rid of the Batman, the Stalamus reality engine. We tried to get rid of them and that, and it didn't work. So we're going to do it again. And I think it's just that whole concept. There can't be a Gotham without a Batman. There can't be a Batman without a Gotham. But I do think that this is like if you end up saying that maybe Dr. Like it's weird because it's the asthma. It's Barbados, Dr. Hurt. But if it is his subconscious making this Dr. Hurt to kind of punish him and him saying, like, this is almost self-punishment of you could have done so much more with your money. Maybe that's a way that he says, yeah, I got to get back my money and I got to do something good with it instead of this nonsense, which would be good. But usually what happens with that sort of thing, just like him losing the money. It means something for about three issues, and then it kind of gets pushed aside, where whatever he now needs, what he gets need, and whatnot. Before it's all over, for Chip Zdarsky and Ram V for their time on The Dark Knight, is to take both their Grant Morrison concepts of Zero NR and freaking Barbados Combine. and shove them together and say the war for who takes over the mind of the Batman, because you have these elements of the mind right now, and you just ha- they're just playing off each other, like you said earlier, like you get confused of what book you're reading a different part because they're so closely connected with the Grant Morrison of it all. Yeah, that's the... That's the big problem with it, that 
you don't really have a reprieve, it seems, from either or. And this is something, and it's weird because two separate writers, we said this where we didn't understand when Bendis had Superman in action comics. You need to have one or the other that you go for. I guess people would pick with this, but you got a lot of Grant Morrison picking going on. But yeah, the art, the Frederico... Uh, whatever. Ricardo Frederici's art, yeah. it's really good. I mean, when I, even I'm sitting there, I'm like, holy crap, it looks great. But we're not doing much around it. You just have these scenes and, and this, you know, very flowery, a lot of verbiage and things like well, that. Even, and I even wanna... outside of the mind aspect, when we get to the real world where Talia is still waiting to find out what is the fate of the Batman. It's like she has a bunch of troops. Like we found this guy in like out there in the sand, and he's got this whole bloodied up freaking like wrap around his face. Like you never believe how we found him like this. And you're going to pull off the mask, and you just have some random dude waiting with a goddamn scimitar in the desert, watching on him. Like, all right, what are we doing with this now? On top of everything else that we're dealing with. And is it that he's, they're going to take the, the wrap off and he's going to be a bat? Is he going to be Barbados? Is he a wolf man? I don't know. We'll have to see. But I mean, well, that's the, the thing. Wolf is, man. I don't think this is a Batman. It, it's a weird thing. If if it is like that might be, I think you're supposed to get almost. And it's weird because that should be like a cliffhanger. But because we have more of the story with Renee Montoya and then a backup, it, it kind of gets lost in the shuffle a bit. But I mean, I thought this was supposed to be, oh, this is going to show. If who won, <laughs> but I'm like, I don't know what it'll show. It'll be if he's a bat, like just say a bat head. I'm like, I still don't know. Is that Barbados? Is it? I'm like, I, I don't know. And then if that, okay. and if that happens, I'm just going to be sitting there like, is this even real? Is this more like we're going to have the dream where you wake up, but you're actually still in the dream that you were dreaming. Inception. And then, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, you don't need that. That's what this ends up feeling a lot like where people will go. Man, I love that movie. And then you're like, well, what was it about? Uh, don't even get me started. <laughs> you don't even know what happened. Uh, but yeah, there you go. I never saw Inception. <laughs> but that's what I hear people say. Uh, I do like the it's art like change, the actually. Krugers. I like the art change with the Renee Montoya. I like the uh, Ricardo Federici art better, but I'm glad that it changes a bit. And again, I think that you're just, you have some detective work. You know, the question, she's, I like yeah, that she said she has some questions. Some, she has some questions. And at least Renee's there, and she's like, oh, okay. Oh, it's some The fielding part, the why I, why I think it's kind of neat is that she was wondering that before, and it almost as she's chasing this mystery, that she's not really even sure why or how. Well, even the idea of it, though. When she says that, God, when she's like, Gotham told me this or whatever, I want to think that she means Cass, but then she says Cass, I'm like, nope, the city's talking. This is crazy shit. I, I just, it's just I, such I, a weird idea for me to have the question, like, you know, be a part of this book and like, how much of a part of the book she is, when the idea is we're trying to get to the bottom of a mystery that you and I, as the reader, have known for a long-ass time now what's actually going on. Yeah, that is a problem. That is, a problem is, is the mystery is something that we all know. And that may make it go a little slower like, as well. I think You're that happened like, before on. Night Terrors. Yeah. Yeah, it did. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Eric. You're on to something. Where's my hot take? That is a problem. And so you see, but maybe you're rooting. Come on, question. Ask the Come right on, questions. Catch up oh, you got and we like the fielding part. And again, that I like the idea, like I said, of a mystery that she'd already been thinking of. And then it continues on, but she's not really sure, but it's opening up more things and the symbol. Also, I would say that she was so against Batman and all that, that maybe you could play that too. Like people who just are like, yeah, Batman, by this point, you could almost think that most people in Gotham, when they, the, the bat signal goes up and they're like, oh, well, Here it's, we a, go. it's a Tuesday. 
know what I mean? Like half the time, it it, it drives me nuts too because even going through, I guess it was the uh, Batgirl year one, Gordon in that will light up the bat signal just to chat. There's nothing wrong. Nothing's happening. He just needs to talk to Batman about random things. And I imagine people are freaking out. Oh, no, the Joker's back in town. They run into the house. Now he just wanted to chat. Well, it even goes back to the idea. I think the movies even played out at a certain point. The idea is turn it on to make sure that people understand that like something you should be watching out what you're doing to scare the criminals. Well, and we also love the idea at points where the symbol, you know, the signal went up and it was like, okay, that means we can rest assured Batman's on the case. You know, we've had that part as well. But but in this, you, you have just Renee going around asking questions with the wink wink. And at the end, you have that to be continued where, who knows? If, and is it that if Batman is revealed here? And you do see that it looks like he's got the Kellan still under that, maybe. But when he's revealed, is that scimitar-wielding fellow? Is he there like, oh, if it's if it's Barbados who comes out, i got to kill him? Or, or vice versa? Well, that's I, the thing. I, I, like, I don't even think this guy that is brought to Talia is Batman. I think it's somebody altogether different. Yeah, it would be odd to just. That maybe because we have so much to go with, but we'll see. We'll see how it is. I, I even the idea, they, I have to imagine it. We're like, just like, who the hell is that? Like, oh, that's how, that's how I imagine it's going to be. But like the idea too, I think that with Batman doing a walkabout of the mind, trying to get the Asper and the Barbados under control and figure out what he has to do going forward. I think that Renee Montoya is going to get to the bottom of all of this. And like everything else in Rambi series, she's going to be the one to take down the Orgums. Yeah. Yeah. It'll all tie back into that. Then we remember we liked the first bit of that damn waters backup with with Dr. Hurt kind of yeah. having that play of, hey, everybody had like a support group of everybody that was For hurt. Everybody he's hurt. Yeah. And then you get into this. I'm like, OK, you, you just screwed it up. Like, I, I don't even know what you're doing now. We have eyes wide shut party going Honestly, on. We have a thing I, with I the think Dillon. this is the most interesting part of the book. I I'm not a huge fan of Dan Waters, but like the idea that you have the support groups getting together. They know that Dr. Hurt is throwing this big old gala at this party. They're inviting themselves to a crash in the party to try to take him out. And this is a bunch of weird shit where it just comes down to the idea that one of the people in the support group, they were hurt by Dr. Hurt, but also they wanted to be like, you know, brought back into the fold of Dr. Hurt, even though they were left behind. So they're going to betray the rest of the group while other members are dying. It's just, it's, it's more straightforward in my mind. I can follow it. I didn't think it was straightforward at all. It is just not freaking the Dr. Hurt. Who's the ambiguous, either devil or dark side avatar that I don't need. Again, I don't think it serves the regular story at all. And then it's just basically Dr. Hurt has gotten a lot of people. He wants a, you know, an heir, and when you don't do well, he just shoves you aside, and now everybody's gathered at this gathering to kind of do something. I, I, I'm telling you, I lost track of the narrative completely and was not interested at all because it doesn't seem to be even, you know, dealing with anything that would broaden up the regular story. And no, I, don't I don't think, think it has anything to do with the Detective Comics story at all. It's just a Dr. Hurt lore. And I don't think it really tells anybody who didn't know who Dr. Hurt was anything at all either. I, I mean, this seems I don't like get that you, from the main story either, though. Well, I know, but that's what I'm saying. A lot of people that I talk to don't know who somebody needs to tell people. This could easily, in my mind, Good this luck. could be if I said to you, "Oh, by the Nail way, that down. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna change this, and it's now a Vandal Savage story. I don't think it changes at all. You could have this as just completely Vandal Savage, and I, it's just a weird story. I think it's weird again because everything else is weird, and Dan Waters and Ramvi are sitting there trying to, you know, out weird each other. And I, I didn't like it. But uh, what would you give this overall? Ultimately, I would give this a 5 out of 10. I think the art is fun throughout, but it's just not a fun read. I find it boring for the most part. And I'm still just waiting for Batman to do something. And, yeah, I'm a 5 as well. But not, the art's too good to get the FU 5. But I agree. When, when I'm reading it, I just, 
it's it's one of those things that we're this far into the story. I mean, we're going to have over 30 issues of this story, and it's one story. And at this point, we're at the stretch run. I should How have many issues it, of War World did we get? Because I feel like that should have gotten more yeah, than this. Yes, it was, it was not anywhere near this. This is crazy. And uh, we'll, we'll check it. But at this point, why do I feel like I, I'm more confused now than I was 20 issues ago? And I can't sit I'm there just in my confused. mind. I can't sit in my mind and think that, oh, if, you know, when we talk about these things, I'll even mention some things next with Green Arrow I keep alluding to. But uh, you don't hear us say it like, I'm at a point where I don't know what I'm getting towards that would make me like this. Like, I don't even have a light at the end of the tunnel say, oh, I hope this happens. I hope this happens. What I wanted to do is end is what I need. And I just I'm confused. I don't know. And it's not it's not a fun confusion. It's not a mystery detective. It's just nonsense. Five, five out of ten. It just it's frustrating to even try to, to even put my own thoughts into a coherent thing after I read it. My mind's a jumble. Uh, what are we talking about next time? Green Arrow number nine, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Sean Isaacs, Romeo Farrar Jr., and Troy Pateri. And in this, we have ourselves an Amanda Waller issue for the most part, but it's really just building the road for absolute power and seeing how the Green Arrow and Roy Harper, like, you know, fit into this whole thing for the road so far. But we start the whole thing off with the new Hall of Order, the hall of the former Hall of Justice that Amanda Waller and the Bureau of Sovereignty have taken over. And it's just such a weird idea because I can see where Joshua Williams is going, but it actually is just so upsetting when you have the idea where you have Peace Wrecker and Peacemaker pretty much being the guys who are telling the people who load things up, we're going to take this to an offsite. We don't need anything. But the idea that they tell me, the Hall of Justice where people come, and I, I again, like I told you before, from the old days in, in the uh, 2000s, I like the Hall of Justice to be a front, a way to slide ways to the moon base. This is just a museum kind of thing for the tourists to come through and stuff like that. The fact that we're still playing with the idea that they had all these souvenirs for people to see that are still active. Like, I, we had it before during the Infinite Frontier era. I think it was that it was honestly Joshua Williamson as well. We had, I think, Clayface take a mother box that was active on display that anybody could take. I'm like, that's the stupidest goddamn thing ever. Why would they actually have that for anybody just to come in and take? And it seems like, no, everything in this place, according to Joshua Williamson, is still active. And it's like, it's crazy to Peacemaker. It's crazy to me. And I'm like, yes, that's why it's stupid. It shouldn't be a thing. Uh-huh. This is where I start my theory, sir. Uh, start saying, I think, because Amanda Waller, what is she doing? And, and a lot of people were talking about this issue, especially when we get to the end, the, the big cliffhanger. But with the, you know, Beast World, what she's doing is skewing, not reviewing, but skewing the, she's uh, a spin doctor. She yeah. gets what people know. And again, this is where I said earlier when we were talking about Detective Comics, where we know the miss, but we know a lot of info. That the general public wouldn't and vice, you know, that sort of thing. So when you have this, I do think that this issue is starting the play of Amanda Waller trying to prove or at least show us and everybody else and even Green Arrow at a point how stupid the heroes have been. That they have these things. She even says these are weapons of mass destruction. It's ridiculous. It is so ridiculous that they are active in this. But. That's her point. But I agree that's the point, but we're fudging in my mind to get to the point because there's no way that anybody will allow this to happen, but we have to have it happen for Amanda Waller to it make her point It almost feels here. like maybe what they're, you know, they were counting on is because they go through the security and things like that, that their security is so, you know, airtight that nothing really could have happened. But if this and also proving the deal here, Amanda Waller doesn't say, she does say we're taking off site. But it's not, it's a weird little play with Amanda Waller, not like, oh my God, we have that mother box, that'll be great to end up killing Wonder Woman. Like, she just like, 
man, this is fucked up. Let's get this somewhere else. Her play has been let's shame the heroes. Let's make them look dumb. And also let's make them look scary where we had Beast World. This doesn't even mention Night Tears with the K, which kind of Again, as we talked about before, it shouldn't because never, yeah, but that's a Joshua Williamson story. But at least that ended up like people had nightmares for one night. I mean, but still, oh, no. her whole her whole M.O. is to prove to everybody that the heroes shouldn't have this you know, authority, they should have none, they should be checked and all that. And I think that that, and it is a little pushed at this point. I think that the idea that this stuff is active is a little crazy, but whatever goes, but what I really do think is the play here that starts the whole deal is when you mention, oh, Batman had an interrogation room underneath here that I don't think that many people knew what? about. And even they Oliver They start does. talking about Batman like he's Damian Wayne during this Teen Titans era where he had that prison at the bottom of Mercy Hall. Yep, and when they say it, it's very funny. Because it wasn't, when, even, it wasn't even an interrogation room at the one point. They're talking about how he has a prison for more, like more the like a, the more undesirable, more powerful villains to keep him like. Well, that's just fucked up. Yeah, and it's fucked up. More fucked up when they capture Green Arrow and take him there to tell him that. I mean, it really is pushing the idea of. I think that she is definitely getting Oliver Queen on her side, and maybe even the whole Green Arrow family. To try to be this thing of, hey, look, they even think that Batman Which, again, and Wonder Woman are bullshit. It's a really funny play to get like Oliver Queen on his side for how anti-government he is, anti-establishment. But the idea is for how powerful his friends are. Like he's been the one in the past, even during Scott Snyder's Justice League run, to supposedly be given the box that can actually take out the Justice League if they ever cross the line because they trusted Oliver with this. I think it turned out because it was never really clarified as far as I'm concerned that the box was empty. So they lied to him there. So maybe we could even bring that part back into it. But like this is such a weird idea that you get an anti-authority Oliver Queen to actually be more for the authority to – uh, authority figures than the superheroes because who's worse in his opinion and that's the problem is some of the like i think that where you're really pushing like batman doesn't listen to, batman's kind of an authority himself and when you start showing that he is messed up that he has left things out in the open that he has this prison all these that might get that like oliver may and all that we'll talk about more by the end I that is part of my Arrow theory family against the world by the end of this honestly because i don't want him to take either side no and so yeah, Bones there, which is odd. You know, no, no, I, I love Mr. Bones a part of this. Was, so I'm saying his going from Stormwatch and the Brave and the Bold to this makes perfect sense for what he was trying to achieve, taking down the Titans and stuff like that. I actually love seeing Bones, Peacemaker, and Amanda Waller together. I'm like, yes, you are putting together a pretty good team right now. I'm working with Cameron Chase and stuff with Amanda Waller, even back in the thing. So it's just, I, I hate Bones, but there he is. He's, he's part of it. You hate Bones? Yeah, Peacemaker, Peace Wrecker. Yeah, I, I don't like him. But here's where you start some things that I'll mention by the end. You end up going, you're, you're going to go tour the, you know, Hall of Order with some uh-huh. things pointed out. And it's through Peace Rec. I, I love the idea that, that they changed the freaking title of the building, like the sign of the building before they did anything on the inside of it. It's so funny to me. And so they have hacked it. They have these hackers that are doing a really good job. They're able to hack into things. They can't get into the magical stuff, but that's kind of not what they're funny. in. Which is the kind of cool. Yeah. So the cyber, they're there and they are. Uh, almost, well, they are the reverse engineering stuff. Hey, this was supposed to keep this one out, but we'll use it now to make sure. But they're not saying we're building stuff to kill Superman. They're saying we're going to keep him out. We need to keep him out. And then Amanda Waller says he'll never break in here because that would look bad because this is a government building yeah. now. Who does he think he is? Wonder I Woman? sat there. I'm like, bullshit. With the amount of things that are left in there, I think they're like, I think all of them are freaking out, especially Batman. Uh, but when you end up having these cyber hackers and then you get to this point by the end of, hey, I have a job for you, Oliver. 
what people keep thinking that it might be seems more of a hacking thing. Like you could do that with them or do some. We'll get to that. But Oliver, he's just going in to find Roy. He, he's going to go in. There's a back door he's going to go through. But they capture. I him. heard he that says, Roy Harper was working for Amanda Waller. I know she's got to have some kind of brain bomb. And she's coercing him somehow. I'm like, no, you dumb asshole. He broke the law. I told him I'd pardon the sentence if he worked off this rig of things, Suicide Squad style. And he agreed to it. And you know what? You will, too, because you just did the same thing. Exactly. I mean, he did. And it's kind of a funny play where I saw a lot of people even saying, I don't want Oliver to be a snitch. And I'm like, I, it's not that. He ended up, he kind of made this play. He kind of got caught and now he's got to do some plus it's not even more for oliver it's a little different because you end up having waller say i know where merlin is i hate that guy i have a brain yeah. bomb i can track him so if you actually want to know where he is i don't care I because you this is the big thing where she says i got what i wanted for merlin you and you're like what the hell like oh my god like that's what she wanted all along and it's start- i'm telling you things start clicking in of what they did but well, when- again i'm telling you the thing is if you're going to get anybody to go against his friends like this green arrow is the guy because he is so wary about what they're doing all the time yeah so you end up on the side connor goes and again i i actually laugh when i first read this i'm like, do people really care about diggle anymore but it's a kind of a fun play to go back to him it's for cool merlin because yeah. in the beginning of rebirth that was a big Merlin story. I mean, you had a he, who. Well, oh, my it was so goodness. so funny, though, to see the idea at one point Merlin saved his life. He owed Merlin. He betrayed Oliver Queen to save Merlin's life, and you have left this whole thing. But there's bad blood between them. At this point in time, pretty, pretty much Diggle has allowed himself to be captured in prison, and he wants to serve out his time because it's where he thinks he belongs. But once Connor shows up and says, look, Oliver ha- needs your help. Like, I don't give a fuck what Oliver wants. It's about Mer- Malcolm Merlin. And then he's like, pretty much, you must be son of a bitch. I'm in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was, and even at the one point, he's like, oh, what are you, one of, you know, O's lost children? He's like, yeah, kind of. He's like, man, that guy has a lot of kids. That guy gets around. It's funny. And it's just so funny, too, the idea when you introduce, uh, like, a character like Diggle, who started in a TV show, into the, like, New 52 era of DC Comics. At that point, you had nothing, like, involved with the background of Oliver Queen because everything was fresh. But leading into Rebirth, where you still have this character, you still don't have Connor Hawk there. So the idea that Connor is still fresh to him is such a funny idea. Like, this is, like, the first interaction between Diggle and Connor Hawk. like, oh, shit, you are one of his kids. That goddamn guy. Yeah, it's like, oh, that guy. Then you're like, where's Lucy? But you're pointing out some things, too. Again, we said Roy. Roy gets captured, or, you know, he breaks in. And he broke the law. And you even said, well, Roy... Yeah, he broke the law, so he's going to do his... Like, most of these characters, even Diggle, you said, like, he did something, he got arrested, he's playing out his deal. Even when even when Wally West, like, believed that he had killed everybody in Heroes in Crisis, he was in prison doing his time because he thought he, like, deserved to be there because he's a hero until Tempest Fuginot broke his ass out to fix the Dark Multiverse. This is part of the thing. When you end up, though, most of the Green Arrow... Whether that's even, or not. Even Oliver, I think it is. That's what I'll get to. Oliver is going to do what he said because these are, if anything, you said that Oliver is anti, you know, big guy. He is. But also, you know what I think of Oliver is somebody who always wants to do the right thing. That he, and, and I think that that's what turns into this whole deal where he's going to realize, yeah, I think Amanda Waller's right. She may not be good, but I think she's right because as this goes on, and you do have, you know, this interrogation kind of thing. But really, Waller just has him there, I think, to show this is the room that Batman had. This yes. is what he was doing. And you didn't know. He never told you. And then at the end, she says, I have a job. For what else I'll tell you know? where Merlin is. I'm going to have you break in and steal. Says secrets. You can't remain secret. I want you to steal. And you have the sanctuary. 
people flipped out. It's such out. a weird oh, idea because even the idea that these files were deleted, but nothing's ever fully deleted forever and stuff like that. And I'm like, look, I, 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 it's kind of cool where you're going if you want to get the like the psych profile of everybody here. Like not only their identities, as far as I'm concerned, Amanda Waller has the majority of the superhero identities she already. Even, I mean, one of the plays here, she she doesn't go in and call him Green Arrow. No, no, she no, comes no, right in and says yeah. Oliver Queen. She knows. Yeah, I, she's like, been in the, the back cave, Eric. The idea, though, that this the, the sanctuary heroes in crisis files on the heroes' confessions of what's bothering them and stuff like that, try to get over their their illness, their mental illness at the time, or whatever you want to call it. Such a weird idea because it just brings me back to Heroes in Crisis, where the way that uh, Wally West found out is he ran fast enough to get into the computer and see them and undelete them because he ran. F- I'm like, it's all it makes me think of, and I get infuriated because that was the stupidest goddamn concept ever. But and Lois Lane somehow, released them. It, yeah, there's a lot of crazy things, right? So it's here's, such a weird idea. Here's my concept then. Okay. Secret identities. I think Amanda Waller knows most of them. And yeah. she has a hacking team. I think then this is a multi-tier deal. So relax here, right? I think that he's going and Amanda Waller wants him to find the security footage of Wally killing Roy and the rest of those people. We know that it wasn't his fault. The general public yes. doesn't. If she releases that and says, but look, but. no, I'm telling you, and says, look, not even just against Wally or what Roy would be the guy who could come out and say. Everybody can come out and say. Because of what Jeremy Adams did during his run of the Flash, I know, but we you saved don't know everybody. If she, but Roy can't. He's under except for Solstice. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, Roy is actually could be in a cell right now because he's doing Suicide Squad things. We may show that the other ones have been captured as well. But even so, it doesn't matter. Once you put that out, nobody knows, and it's not even the idea. But again, it will be. Hey, you think that Beast Boy's bad? Look at look at what Wally West. Look what Flash did. He killed all these guys, and it keeps going. He's out there running about in Central City. Yeah, because Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, who had this undercover nonsense therapy place that nobody knew of and was sus, they just let him go. And she would know exactly what Wally did because he was in Bell Rev. He was captured and in jail. She would know why he was there. So you have that also. Oliver seeing the footage and also maybe even seeing some stuff with Roy would realize, wait a second, you know, they told me when Roy went off to that, that he'd be safe. And even if he knows that it wasn't Wally's fault, Batman Superman Wonder Woman was still asleep at the wheel and allowed Wally to be manipulated to kill but everybody. I also, do f- I also feel like this is something that Oliver's already dealt with since we have exonerated like Wally West and we've also brought Roy back from with the dead. With all this, and not- too. He but hasn't really talked how, to Roy that much. He just came I, back. Well, he, he has been around for a while doing stuff like, you know, he's been in the, he's been back essentially since Infinite Frontier. So it's been years at this point. So I think they would have had some kind of small at least talking to. But even I don't know how any of this works anymore from Jeremy Adams run of saving everybody that Wally killed or Savitar killed, depending on your point of view of how things work with the tachyon burst that happened to cause Wally to do that. But we pulled all of those people out of time before that actually hit them with a the gold beetle. Did we I just bring them to the present there. day? I mean, like, that's the thing. They're, they're all alive. They're just, they're, there wouldn't be any dead bodies anymore. We effectively no, would have I'm changed time. You might still have the thing and then they're pulled out after we'd have to see. But even if it's not, there still was a sanctuary where these Agreed. heroes who had mental problems were sent to be protected and helped. And Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman did nothing for them and actually caused, you know, Real problems and death, even if it's not the death they ended up having this. I don't think this was an accredited, but this is just Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. This is the thing at the end of Heroes in Crisis when me and you 
and Reggie at that time talked about it. We kept saying that they should arrest Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman. That all got swept under the rug because DC wanted to leave it behind. But I think that this would be more also showing that mask, and it's it's damaged. You know that that whole deal. It looks like that could be you know part of the wink wink because I I don't think she needs well, even to that know damaged mask and stuff like that. That was just the mask that the androids wore. Yeah, I'm telling you. At no, at one point they all were played up that when they went in anonymously that they'd all wear those masks and robes yeah. and things. But we, the thing is, Tom King promised things and had things and never showed it, but they were supposed to be in therapy sessions anonymously, which anonymous, actually yeah. was the thing that threw Wally off. Thought he was there by himself. But I do think that Oliver seeing, even seeing if it was like Roy, hey, I'm doing this, and seeing that Batman specifically after all this, that he didn't have anybody's back. And then he swept a lot of things under the, the carpet that they didn't know. Because the idea of having these site profiles, they should already have been out in the open. Lois Lane released them, and then Wally deleted them. So I, I think there's more to it. And I, I think that Oliver, and again, if there is that footage, and Oliver knows everything about it, still seeing Roy die, even though he came back, even though, I mean, just the pain of that might be like, yeah, Batman's screwed. Like, this guy gets away with shit that nobody the should. The only thing... That I can see making there, because I'm telling you, it's still such a weird idea, even during Jeremy and Adam's like, kind of retcon of what happened there with Gold Beetle taking everybody out of time to make sure that we saved the race. Freaking Solstice was not a part of that group for some reason, even though she was killing the whole thing. I'm like, is this the idea that we're finally avenging the death of Solstice? Because Roy Harper, again, he, he was left to die because he needed to for the timeline or something like that. But in my mind, you had to have everybody else die because what's the point of anybody investigating a murder if there's no bodies except for Roy Harper at that point in time? Because you took them out of time. And I'm like, and again, there's the Roy. What did and- you do? Maybe the footage just is Roy dying. That's all you need for Oliver. That's all you need but for the public. Oliver already knew this. Yeah, but I'm saying, seeing it, though, and seeing how it led to that and whatnot might end up after already sitting there and thinking, what the hell's Batman doing? I think that that might push him towards, yeah, you're right. You know, I, I this shouldn't have happened. Maybe he was told differently. Maybe Roy has said, I really don't want to talk about that or I don't remember, you know, actually getting killed. But he still got killed. You like if, if you ended up where Jess got in an accident because I was an asshole, and you explain it, you actually seeing footage of it, you might get mad at me. Did she already get brought back in time because of time travel? Though, well, I'm saying though she had actually been brought back, and and again, Roy came back. He was a zombie during the he whole was a black death lantern, metal yeah. and stuff. Yeah, so he, he had weird stuff going on. But still, you seeing the pain. That, that it caused her for even that instant, I think might get you a little pissed off and, and like, yeah, you know, that is overall, that was bullshit. Why did that? And with that, Amanda Waller saying, like, they keep doing these things, I think it could, it could make Oliver think no, a little more. The idea of it, I think, is the whole concept, like, we got to make sure that this stuff never happens again. I want this. This is your role in this, but I'll also give you Malcolm Merlin and make sure that your family isn't fucked mm, with again by this Because she guy. doesn't care so, about Malcolm Merlin. You know, no, not she at all. Says so that, the idea... He wants this because his family's been torn asunder by this guy, and like everything to do recently, it's been all because of Malcolm Rowan. Obviously, it's because of Amanda Waller, too, but she has her machinations in the background getting Oliver to the point because she wants the secrets that are kept from Sanctuary's files. And I think he might be willing to do this, especially not only because of Malcolm Rowan, but, but because of everything he's seen here with the Hall of the former Hall of Justice and what they're keeping behind things, and the idea that, you know, the superhero friends are pretty much now big government to him. Yeah, the the you files themselves them. of like you know Green and Green Lantern Hal saying he doesn't know what willpower is like that stuff was a yeah, joke. Fi- and, yeah, I'm saying your fire and stuff that was all like, released. My head's on fire. Yeah, my head's on there fire. We bring it up. Yeah, so when you have that, when people said identities, 
that's I actually think that's too low for Amanda Waller. I think she knows all of them already. I mean, she obviously knew Oliver's. I think well, she knows well, all even that. Even the ones we see right here, we have Jessica Cruz, which I feel like she would know about just because everything's going on. Roy Harper, obviously she knows. Victor Stone, Harley Quinzel, Dove. You know, I think Dawn Granger, she might still have a secret identity. I doubt it, though. But like Frankenstein, you're really going to get some identities out of Frankenstein here. And Batgirl and whoever it is on the right, maybe Pamela Isley. They're pretty much on Front Street for the majority of them. Their names are well known. And the other heroes, especially like the Bat family, I'm pretty sure she has a hot, like a hot handle on as well. Yeah, I mean, she, we said she's been in the Batcave and knows that the mansion's above. You make this connection, that connection. And again, when people sit there and I think the surface level thing is, oh, my God, the identities. But that's not really her M.O. right now. Her M.O. is to get the world against them and to be scared of them. Yeah, you could say, oh, look, they've been keeping their... But everybody knows that, you know, that Batman has a secret identity. You wouldn't be like, oh, my God. That's right. You know, the, the idea that Superman, when they did that, that he was an alien. That, but again, if you're going to play this too, say Amanda Waller gets these. And then the big Super, play is... Superman's and, freaking truth is such a weird idea too, because even Amanda Waller, I think, who I would know who Superman is, but... What what does that do with the blackout protocol that oh, like Lex Luthor put up? Does it make her just forget again? But like, or does she nothing. die? <laughs> ben, well, exactly. Yeah. Bendis though, pretty much, he's like, I'm going to reveal Superman's identity because give us a thousand and one stories. We did nothing. With I it, don't think that cared. that would be the case unless she's just like, I'm going to reveal Batman. But I think she knows Batman. But there are some footage that she can put out. But again, this stuff was deleted by Wally. And if you were going to try to find it somehow, I think that those you you really spell out those hackers. And the crazy stuff they've already done, I think that you would have that, not Oliver. I think that why I say it's this footage is because you're leading Oliver to go get something that it's more about what he ends up finding out than actually the information because she does want him to get everybody on board. So we'll see. We'll see what it is. But that would be more interesting angle to me than just identities. Because if if she released all the identities again... I just need to know how this works with all the retcons that Jeremy Adams did with it and everybody Again, else. And you may end up just kind of saying, hey, there was footage, and then that kind of, I don't know that they'll even deal with it. I'm totally intrigued don't know. to find out because I think they need to actually talk about that because I've been curious for a while ever since they did it. Like, what does that mean ultimately for everything? And I said, a lot of people, when they saw this, you're like, why would you bring back the one of the worst stories that we've had in a while? And I thought, well, if you, they do, just that keep doing angle, it. If you do that angle, though, yeah, and at one point they were just doing it to try to retcon, you know, Wallace we'll as, as a good everything. guy. Yeah. But if you bring it back in a way of, hey, listen, you guys hated that story for these reasons. Well, we're using those reasons. That's why Amanda Waller's going there because she's such a bitch. She's going to take advantage of how awful that story was and how awful Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman were to set it up. That we'll play that game and she's going to use that. And I think that's kind of a funny little meta thing uh, to use. But really, again. What One of her big things is to show that the Titans are sus, and specifically the Titans, Wally, Death, all that. I think that maybe we get that, and she releases it. We know the truth, but people wouldn't, so they just see that. And, I mean, once it's released, too, you could play damage control, but I think that there's big problems. But what would you give this? Ultimately, I think the beginning part is a little sus with the idea of, like, oh, these things are active, like, massive, like weapons of mass destruction sitting here for anybody to take, like, yeah, that's bullshit. I don't care about any of that part. But everything after that, I think, is really great. You know, what Oliver Queen's doing, I think the, uh, it's really strong to get, try to get him on Amanda Waller's side, which in my mind, he wouldn't be on anybody's side after the information he has from either Waller or the superheroes, stuff like that, which is even more intriguing because I always love to see Oliver Queen versus the world, especially if you bring along the entire Green Arrow family. And I really look forward to this because I need to have some, uh, like, you know, clarity 
on what Heroes in Crisis means to us after all these retcons. And if we get to that point, I'm like, yeah, I want to see how it works or doesn't work. Ultimately, it could happen that way. But I had fun with it. Seven out of ten. Yeah, I'm an eight. I, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. I thought the art was good, and I'm intrigued. And while I keep hearing from people saying, I hate Amanda Waller, and I hate this, and she's over, she's the big villain. Yeah. And we have complained since the New 52 that a lot of these events are never well set up. There's no seeds, planet, all this. And now we're getting it. People are complaining that there's too much. I actually like it. I think that it ups the ante. Come on, everybody. Mr. Bones is there. And when people say, and we didn't even say, I wanted to ask you, at one point she explains, I went to Earth 3. I saw what unchecked crazy powers are. I heard it was the opposite, but it seemed like the same to me. So screw it. This is bullshit. It's the same. difference. It's just a different name. And here we are. You guys are all bullshit. And starts to kind of play to Oliver of like the, Howard Metas versus the regular P, you know, that sort of thing. And when people keep sitting there saying, oh, this isn't like the old Waller, I don't like it. It's not because this isn't the old Waller. This is a Waller who got things yanked away from her, went to Earth 3, got fucking pissed off there, and came back. She's done. She's had it done. And the whole concept of the heroes messing things up seemed like it was supposed to be the concept back in Infinite Frontier that kind of got pulled aside and now it's here. Yeah. Uh, I, I like it. I think it's a cool little wink wink of, yeah. Think like we said about Batman, you know, he keeps losing the city. When is the idea of like maybe you're not good? Now, I don't need the over the top the money and should be used for that like Rand V's doing, but I do like where Amanda Waller, who is somebody who thinks that she's right and might be able to convince even, you know, Oliver that yeah. And I'll, again, Oliver I don't think sits there and says, I want Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman dead. It may get to the point where he goes to, say, a Batman and says, you know, I talked to Amanda Waller. She's kind of right. You had this dungeon here and whatever. And Batman would say, like, mind your own damn beeswax, asshole. I don't know why he'd say asshole after beeswax. But, you know, that sort of thing. Like, we got to back off. Maybe we should do this. You might even get to, and I hope not, like a registration, like that sort of nonsense, like Civil War. But you could end up that at that point where Oliver says, I don't like big government, but I also think that we're left unchecked bad things have happened including like i said roy dying was because things were unchecked it doesn't matter if he knows and he came back whatever that could now be the next person down the line will end up having to deal with that and when do you when do you put an end to it so i think that it's kind of a cool concept and gives me a little more excitement for absolute power we have a character bright he's kind of a, a multiversal lackey of amanda waller who showed up like briefly in different issues here and there and stuff like that who shows up here and he's actually the one who subdues oliver queen but he talks about his his world he was friends with oliver queen until he looks like he did now where he looks like pretty much like a weird skeleton man that's in a big old suit of armor that shoots out bright lights at you and just illuminates the entire room and makes you blind who do you think that this person is in the multiverse who was friends with oliver queen it's funny the I'll one i want to say just because diggle. we brought diggle back today that's the, yeah. i was just going to say the same thing i think it's diggle because he brought back diggle that, that's what i think it is and again that would be like okay what earth he's from and whatever may even show like some it's kind of cool like i said and the idea where you sit there and like absolute power oh man do I, that might be talking about the heroes because they kind of have that too. You know what I mean? Like they're above okay. everything. They always say, even when you can play in the idea, and it's just a, a U.S. thing, but the government, though we know they're sus, you know, with the sovereign and stuff, they're kind of against Wonder Woman, so that works. But also at that point went to the Titans, you know, Peacemaker, Waller, and they, they said, hey, the U.S. government wants to work with you. We want to do this right. Not no the, dice. And they said, no dice. <laughs> no shoes, no shirt, no dice. Get out of here. Classic so Nightwing. you do have that. And <laughs> when 
And again, Amanda Waller, she's not playing the, the hand of, I want to kill them and I want to know they're this, that. She really wants to show because if you do end up doing that, all you do, you know, it's that classic. You make them martyrs. You're going to have people. But if you really, you know, bear down and show just how bad they've been behind the scenes, but play at the angles you want. I mean, the idea that she's like, hey, everybody, you know, this guy, Chunk, he his kid got killed by by Beast Boy. He volunteered. He went up and had this whole, you know, black hole and. It was all a lie. We know that, but that's what she's doing. So I think that oh, any, Chunk, we'll never forget you. any evidence she sacrifice. gets, even if it isn't, you know, the deaths and this thing, oh, no, whatever evidence she is going to spin the shit of it of this is what they this is what they think is even helping their own Batman wonder. They don't care. They end up just being these overlords that just don't care about anybody. Why are we letting them? But I'm telling you, you have Wally and say he was a mass murderer. And then they just let him go and run amongst you. And, you, you know, he was in your neighborhoods and he was doing this and that shouldn't be. But then you bring out all of the people who are still alive. They're like, oh, no, we're good. You don't think that Amanda Waller could gather them up easily. I mean, you really I think that they could. Again, when you're sending Oliver Queen, you could easily send Peacemaker to do exactly what. Honestly, that that might be the best thing for the Poison Ivy book because she was one of the casualties of that. Yeah. Yeah. So but again, what happens nowadays? You, you really think that if they said, oh, look at this, and he, they were bad and whatever, well, somebody would say, oh, no, no, whatever they say, they're ah, fake news. I don't believe you. These heroes are awful. And just keep going. Even if they're like, oh, you might be alive, but, you know, you probably did some black magic stuff. Like, it, it could end up that way. But I do think that there's more than just a surface level, let's get the, you know, the info of my head's on fire. I, I forget what Agreed. Frankenstein said. Just said nonsense. I don't even remember Frankenstein being there. Yeah, I think but he okay, was at know. one point. But even have like Detective Chimp, he's like, "Oh, I'm a chimp." That, that's what. That's the level. <laughs> so yeah, that was remember so bad. Remember, the, then people praised because you, you ended up having uh, Kyle Rayner speak is. Spanish. I'm like, yeah. oh, look at that. I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, I don't know what willpower. That was the worst. And they even had like classic. Green Arrow, like really big Green or Green Lantern writers say that is bullshit. You don't know the character, and that's all. It was just jokes. Red, Red Tornado. I wish I had a family. You do. You do. You do. Shut up. Yeah, you're not the Vision. You're Red Tornado. You stupid ass. But yeah, that is it <laughs> for the first section. I really liked it, and I, I hope that there's more layers to it. I hope that we see some more things. But we're gonna go off right now. Speaking of layers, Aaron, we're gonna. <laughs> I don't know. There's no way we're gonna the go mail. off. We're gonna go off to the, the layers mail. of mail. Layers of mail. They're all layer layered up, Eric. But we'll be back with like some onion. mail. Time for the mail, Eric. And if anybody wants to get involved in the mail section and be a star like Eric Shea or Eric Hooray. K, they both are okay. Eric's. Oh my goodness! But Eric spells his with a K, which drives you nuts because you don't. Not well, that not the he's right way. bad doing it, but <laughs> oh, well, maybe it is because he's wrong. Yeah. Oh no! All you have to do is email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail dot com, and here we go to Jim and Eric. I wanted to get your opinions on something I think would benefit the DCU. I don't think right. a reboot of the universe is needed because eventually, I like agree. the new 52, DC will eventually try to bring back the old continuity like they did with Rebirth. But what if the Rebirth or the reboot was just to nail down the full continuity? How about that? 
If they reboot a cruise, it should be the creation of an ultimate universe like Marvel. There is rumors that that is happening as well. And that's okay because then people, if they don't want to get involved, they don't have to. So Great. you have that separate deal. Uh, so that way the current continuity can still go on and any reboot material can occur in a separate universe. The, the problem I, I have, saying. but the problem I have though is we just, me and you just were ar- not arguing, but wondering. We barely know what the continuity is. So you have to nail it down. We have to have stories because of all these. We still don't even know what Superman Reborn really was. You know, it was just thrown out there. And so everything gets piled up after the whole death metal. You open up the timeline. What does that really mean? What matters? What counts? We don't know. We're even talking about the heroes in crisis, whether or not this still is there or that. We have no idea because they really never told us. And that's what I wish. I wish we never had that future state. I wish that after Death Metal, we would have had just a couple issues with each book explaining what the continuity was for each, though. Well, it felt like the continuity for everything after Death Metal was what it was previous to Death Metal, just with the recreation of the multiverse and fixed everything. No, they also said that uh, the timeline was open and you had things show up that didn't happen in the new film, like a Connor Kent, you know, or Connor Kent, a uh, Connor Hawk, who's back because the timeline opened. He wasn't in there. So you never really nailed anything down. I, I did end up me and uh, me and Gray, who are doing the Grant Morrison stuff. I, I said earlier, you end up in the Animal Man book uh, very quickly. In that, like I think we did issue eleven this past week. You actually have a reboot within the one book, within the book where the aliens end up rebooting Animal Man himself. And I thought, no, that's like the craziest idea, rebooting, but just in one book. It was kind of crazy, but it was kind of neat. But uh, I just imagine the idea that we take the like you know. The reboot scenario, pretty much a new 52 two in my mind, but you take the concept that Joshua Williams had already laid out in Infinite Frontier where you had the multiverse was reshaped. We now have two other worlds on top of things called the Elseworld and the Earth Omega. We did some stuff with Earth Omega just for essentially just getting our dark armies together and shit like that and whatever our heroes incarnate were doing. But the Elseworld was never left explored. It pretty much was just a concept thrown out there. And I have to assume that's the ultimate version of what an Elseworld story would be where our, going forward. If we do do a so-called ultimate story to the, the DC universe, it will all take place on this one thing just called the else world. Yeah, I, I think that an ultimate deal will be the, hey, everybody, you know that uh, that Earth One shit? Well, now it's this and fuck anything that Jeff well, Johns even had a little there. bit in. Oh, I'm telling you, anything that Jeff Johns had any little bit to do with, they're just wiping out. They're completely well, no, like, the fuck that spectrum. Yeah, a lot of the stuff seems to just be <laughs> kind of pushed aside because they're pissed at him. Oh, by the way, uh, that JSA book is delayed again. Oh, my goodness gracious. However, I also think the current continuity DC needs to retire some characters and move forward with a select few. There is no need for there to be three Batgirls or two Robins, multiple Green Lanterns, and I lost track of how many speedsters. You have a lot. For example, if Damien is going to be Robin, then retire Tim Drake out. It, it, again, that's weird because Tim Drake kind of went back to being Robin because you ended up having Damien yell, Robin, no more, and he ripped off the pad. But then he came back, and then you don't know what to do. Yeah, no, see, these are some of the things that are just – there's a lot of things that are weird going on that you kind of do well, have to nail down. Ultimately, you don't do but, that. You're just going to go back to the Red Robin moniker. Because uh, the thing is, I just feel that you can, like, for some reason, it worked with Nightwing. Turning Robin into Nightwing, it worked, making him his own hero, but – I just don't know what you do with Tim Drake to make him his own thing outside of the Bat Family situation where either he's Robin or Red Robin without angering people. And honestly, 
with all the people that are upset that he's just, you know, bisexual at this point, like, I don't know what you could honestly do to make people angrier either, because it just, it's just such a weird idea for how, like, you know, over the top fans can get for just certain concepts being thrown at a fictional character. I, I, maybe if I said, man, just call him Drake. There you go, no. Eric. They'll get people pissed off again. That's the worst. <laughs> I kind of thought it was funny. Remember, the thing that I thought was the greatest thing ever was my one tweet that I had. is like, okay, now that Tim is, is Drake, we can now go with Damien being Little Wayne, and we can end up exploring that side of things. I thought that was fun. Little Wayne. They can do something like have Tim go to school or change yeah. his code name and roll similar to how Barbara Gordon became Oracle. When we, me and Zach just finished the Batgirl Year One on the Patreon, and it's funny at the end of that. Well, none of the stuff in it was really forced. Two things that were kind of crazy. First off, at the very end, <laughs> they, or, uh, uh, Dick Grayson dresses up as Batgirl to fool Gordon, so he's there like pretending. <laughs> so funny, and he's like, "I thought that she liked me, and now he's upset that she wouldn't." But in that, Barbara's like. Suddenly at the end is really wink winking of like nothing will happen to me later. I would even look to the oracles to tell me. I'm like, okay, stop it. You, you went too far. You went too far. Well, that's uh, the thing is, I don't know. It, it's such a fun idea because even going back to what you're dealing with, like the, uh, the crisis power hour at the zero hour, in that you would have a back row of an alternate timeline that never got shot by the Joker and had all these different yeah, things. You got to see what, what would happen if like Barbara Gordon continued to be Batgirl, and it was really cool. It's like you know, it didn't last out. See, oh, like uh, Barbara Gordon continued to be Oracle in the regular timeline, but bringing her back was also cool. It's like you know, there's a lot of Barbara Gordon fans out there that want her to be Batgirl as well as Oracle. But I do think, like you said, the idea of retiring some characters. I do think it is time to move on from the Batgirl aspect of it. Like she could be. Honestly, I just want her to be Oracle again, but you do want her to have that kind of sexy duo thing going on with her and Nightwing. But I did really want in the Batgirls book for her just to be the dead mother to the new, like, aspiring Batgirls with Sandra Kane and Stephanie Brown. But then she has that terrible trash bag, like, you know, uniform that gave her. I'm like, I don't know what we're doing with you anymore. Because the thing is, you have that new spine implant and it acts up sometimes. Sometimes that's the problem. They they won't nail it down, right? And also, anytime they end up having some sort of mission, like, they'll just. Just start calling her Oracle again because she'll be at, you know, manning the computers so she doesn't go out in the job. Like you said, at points saying, oh, that wonky implant. But even some other times it just ends up being, hey, she's doing this. Hey, Oracle, what's going on? And it's weird because it seems like they want to go both ways, you know, have your cake and eat it too. But it didn't really, doesn't really hit. But again, I guess you just want her shot. You're you're a jerk. DC should have a crossover event and she just make significant character change. No, I say again because some people you said you want some people want Oracle back again. You just wanted to get shot again. No, DC no, should have a Oracle. crossover event and just make significant character changes and then like a zero issue. Well, and that's kind of the thing. Like I said, I wanted after the death metal, like have two. Z- what well, if they had zero and double zero? issue just to piss people off but i i thought that that would have been a really cool way to like nail down some of the continuity and some of what was going on in each and every book and kind of deal with it by the book by the book but yeah they uh, again they the did. thing is that'd be fine it would also piss off a lot of people too even the idea like we have like you know we come into the batman zero issue i think it was one of the batman books zero issue where it's like all right now out of nowhere because what we did was zero hour batman's killer i mean batman's parents killer he was never found or never known. So you know how the Joe Chills, which like eradicated Batman year two, because that story doesn't make sense anymore. But like, personally, I was cool with it just because I hate Batman year two. Yeah, people do hate it. But then what happens when the timeline opens? I, 
they'd have to really think it through, and, and they don't really seem to be as coordinated with that anymore. Yeah, at this point, no. Barry Allen should never have been brought back, and Hal Jordan should have died as Parallax. And he said he didn't. Because everyone has been brought back to life, and every character has a family, there is too much redundancy and nothing happening with a lot of characters. A lot of times, too, with the families, kind even, of uh, especially now, there's a lot of times that they end up doing one thing, like the the new 52, no families, like, you know, for the most part, no people getting married, whatever. Oh, man, we done messed up. And then eventually it's like they come opposite way, hitting hard. And they're like, oh, Jesus Christ, there's too many of these characters. I mean, it even made fun of in the Green Arrow issue where Diggle's like, yeah, there's so many kids. Like, you, you do have that. Uh, but then again, you always had that one person who's like, oh, I'm missing that character. Like, you might have 50 speedsters, but Chris somebody Ken? wants... Yeah, Chris Kent, you could have, but that, I was thinking more of Major Disaster, or not, what was it? Uh, what's the uh, Speed Force character on the uh, motorcycle? I always forget his... Oh, the, freaking Hot Pursuit. Uh, hot Pursuit, yeah, Hot Pursuit. That was a multiversal character, though. Yeah, see, but hey, they have a lot of multiversal characters. I need Hot Pursuit. I keep using the Batman characters as examples, but we should just have a Batman or Robin Nightwing in the background. Uh, but what about the Red Hoods, Eric? You like him? What about the Nightwings? He's in the hills right now. Now, Cassie needs to either stay orphan or be Batgirl. Uh, Barbara doesn't need to be crippled, but should stay as Oracle. I think both you and Eric are both thinking that she should be crippled. Spoiler no, needs to retire. Why do we need her? No one wants her around anyways. But really, what do you, what do, you do? But we had that one book with that, that the clone rats had no clue what they're doing. So that that's kind of done. You, you get spoiler in the background. She should just run through random scenes like the one but. Spoiler! And then just go. <laughs> Honestly, at like, this well, point in time, I'd be happy since Cassandra Cain is everywhere you want to be, essentially. She's the only Batgirl that DC seems to care about right now. She keeps being thrown this, that, and the other place. Have Stephanie Brown team up with Harper Rowe. Like, have a freaking spoiler, Batgirl, whatever you want to call her, and Bluebird team up. Uh, Eric K just got a hold of me. Too many characters. That's, that's what he can say. You're adding more in the mix, but. No, I'm not adding. It's already there. I'm I just like talking. a lot of those characters, but. You know, what books are out there for them and what are the, we, me and you actually were talking and arguing a bit, uh, when we were doing the spotlight this week about where characters could end up and is there room and are you going to have books and do they disappear? Like I said, you have the Wonder Woman stuff where you really are like, Hey, what you could walk into a room right now and say, Hey, Wonder Girl and like six girls are going, wait, yeah, because there's so many, like they, they don't even have their own identities. You do have to nail some things out. Every hero doesn't need to have five sidekicks. Eric likes that. And sidekicks, I mean like one of those scooters. Right? You like oh. them scooters, right? Is it I know Eric, sidekicks? I, I think one of them was like, I, I know that you're a Razor scooter fan because, you know, you go on the surface level. I I'm haven't digging. ridden on a Razor, uh, not a Razor, but a scooter since 1987. I'd love to think that there's some called sidekicks. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so how about every motorcycle needs a sidecar, though? You'd agree with me there, right? Pretty no, cool sidecar. Put your groceries in side there. Sidecar Jimmy. Sidecar Jimmy's there with his groceries, shit flying all over the place. I'm like, ah, I don't know. And then you hit the eject button and it like separates. And I'm like, oh no. And I go off a cliff with a smile on my face as I'm falling to my death there. Just smiling. What are we talking about? I don't know. I know Eric is, uh, uh, I know Eric is away. So, and he put this because, uh, this actually, that's when he sent it was when you yeah. were not going to be. On the show that deal, or at least along for the mail. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening and talk to you soon. But no, I, I love an extended family. It's just you can't go overblown with it, and you have to make sure that it makes sense for everything you're doing, where you can't leave characters like Duke Thomas just out there saying, 
he does the day shift and it doesn't make sense because you just have these random characters out there like even with huntress like what is she doing most of the time anymore it's just it's so weird the way that DC uses these characters in a way like, oh, it's one city and you have all these characters, but you never get to see them. And I'll explain to everybody, like, when you have a reboot, in my mind, you know, there's reasons. One of the reasons that DC would do it is to get sales. I don't think that's the reason. I mean, I know that that would be it's what totally they go. The but there are times, like when they had the Christ on Infinite Earth, it was because things got so convoluted and the writers didn't know what right. this was and that was and that was. And I do feel at points we get to that just us talking about all these books and we're like, I don't know what that means or that person's that and is that person there? And I think that at a point they have softened. People will tell us, and this is something that Eric knows and I'll be like, this person told me that DC rebooted six times in the past five years, but they haven't. They've half-assed it. Soft oh, yeah, reboot, they had a soft little reboot reset. Rebirth, yeah. And when you a little keep soft doing, reboot for Superman Reborn. Yeah. So when you keep soft, 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 soft reboot for after um, um, death metal, exactly. And went, but were they well explained? Like a soft reboot, fine if things are explained. That's why I'm Agreed. telling you, I, I wish we had those books right after instead of the future state to explain because things aren't explained. So you're adding and adding and adding, and you're never really, and you get to a point where nobody knows. I don't think it's it's that bad of the idea that these books completely don't make sense, and this is bullshit. We have bigger problems. Than that mainly you know storytelling and things Obviously, like that going on. Obviously, our biggest problem but... right now is to try to figure out how Trigon is still alive when we saw Bizarro, the clone Bizarro, kill him and take over his realm before Death Metal happened. Did the, did the universe then reboot, bringing Trigon back to life? But what happened to B Zero? And and when you say that, is it just <laughs> me? And it's true, but these are things that assholes like you keep saying, right? So when I you're do. doing this, uh, I hate the idea, and we have it. Superman Reborn, we have a bunch of things. Where it's, oh, how does that make sense? And then there's just a phrase. There's not an explanation. That affects the people close to the Superman family. Throw into a continuity we're in now that we actually had a story over continuity, which throws things. Like, you've had some bullshit stuff going on. And it, eventually it gets so, I, again, like I said, I don't think that you need a full reboot. But my whole thing is, I think something's a happening in September. And I, I said, it's funny, I'd like a rethink where they end up saying, okay, you can't apologize to people. You've done that too much. And you, you always go against it, but say, listen, things are getting wacky. We're going to start with new number ones of each of the things and go forward in a way that will explain these characters a little more. What we thought. But still keep DC, legacy numbering underneath. Just but to have, legacy, have everything. The timeline's now open. Let's explain it. We're not pushing anybody away. We're actually trying to get you back because we want to tell you exactly that everything matters. Remember, there's there's another one where we would say, how does that make sense? Everything matters. And we said on the podcast, when everything matters the way they're doing it, nothing did. And it just, it's infuriating. But it's also weird, too, talking about legacy numbering, because Wonder Woman and Flash have dropped the legacy numbering for some reason now. Yeah, it, because it's people like number ones. People like number ones. I prefer a number two but then, where but that's it creeps me out, we, right? We had the legacy numbering for the number one issues of Wonder Woman and Flash, though. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, when you have Tom Just King, now like, they dropped it. Well, they, they ended up where that seems like that. I don't know why they're pushing Cy Spurrier. Maybe it's like Cy Spurrier shit is so, I don't know. I, it's so wacky that it couldn't ever be put in. There's no legacy with that shit. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, I kind of need them to nail some things down. 
practice what I think like, they should do. Like, but, does, does Jason Rush still have access to the Firestorm Matrix, or was that Legends of Tomorrow anthology book that you, Reggie, and I read uh, actually canon where it was taken away from him so we couldn't become Firestorm ever again? We, we talk about that stuff. I mean, we're as easy as me saying, do you think the JSA stuff means anything right now? And you'll say, of course it does. We're reading it. But does it? Because they kind of take away the three Jokers. We end up having a different Power Girl there. Like, there's wacky stuff that needs to be ironed out. You need to tell people. And I just shake my head. That should still be the same Power Girl, but not the same Power Girl from Earth <sighs> 2 of the New 52 reboot. I, again, you need to nail some shit down. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But hopefully that will be the case. And that's what will happen. And absolutely, it's the best to do it after a big event, changing Agreed. the status quo. And I think absolute power. And again, I want to reiterate this sounds like a lot of, man, this sucks and whatever. I like a lot of the books right now. I really like the beginning of Dawn of DC. And in even a selfish way, me and you need these books to be better because then more people end up getting involved in listening. And so. We're finally getting something leading to an event, little hints, little things here. And I think that's cool. I think they actually might be on. I, I say this and I, it always feels like I in the back of my head say, you stupid asshole. Because I think they might be on the right track. <laughs> but, but then people are like, really? Like after all this, because we've been burned so many times. But so many times. But we keep coming back. That's how we are. We're well, I love DC punishment. Comics. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so do I. So I, I, I just want to read good stories and. That's where it all begins and ends. They need better editors, though, and they need some caretakers. good writers. Yeah, yeah, that's what they really need are editors that are caretakers. Because when, when we end up where – how infuriating is it when you end up having a writer do so? It, this reminds me of the Clone Rags and saying, oh, we're going to bring back Clue Master. Oh, wait a minute. You know, hey, guys, a year ago they already did that. And yeah. then the response from, you know, Conrad, oh, Michael Conrad, was, oh, the editors didn't know that. I'm like – how the hell do I know more than them? Like, really? Like, are they reading? I don't think they read anything. I think they're just there no. to be like, hey, whatever. And read. Don't... These are funny books for the children. I mean, at one point, poor Eric Shea's like, man, Tim Drake and his buddy Bernard, they're just having dinner. They, they Look, used I've to... had dinner with my old friends before. <laughs> I didn't have to kiss them. Me and you were the one. I had no idea that was that where we were going with that story. I remember I was on my tablet. I was walking People around. I said, oh, they made Tim Drake. I'm like, what are you getting this from? It's just two old friends having dinner. I was cooking dinner myself. And I ended up met, and I said, hey, by the way, I'm getting all these messages that, oh, my God, don't you guys see it? They're making Tim Drake bisexual. You know, and I'm like, what do you think, Eric? And he's like, no. Two wow. guys, old friends. <laughs> the two things you said, you're like, oh, man, two guys could go out to dinner and not be them. Plus, Bernard, he was always, you know, saying about Tim Drake's stepmom. And all that. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I said, I don't oh, see it either. Was. And I think maybe people are looking at next thing you know. We, he was we trying too been, hard, Bernard. There, there has been a bunch of times where I think that we were on the cutting edge of, oh, my God, we saw this coming. There's been a couple. That one we completely <laughs> So off. I mean, we at points I was even it didn't make no any way. sense for the way that it was addressed. So we had no backstory with Stephanie Brown or uh, Dick uh, Dick or Tim Drake as well. Like none of that was ever. It was just gone without us ever seeing it, and they moved on and had no. There was no freaking clear. Nothing Did you to ever read anything that into it. one? I think it might have been a private or whatever. When where Stephanie Brown's like. That was the greatest day ever when I heard that you ended up like, like well, my boyfriend told me he didn't want to be with me anymore because he he loved his friend. Oh, that's Bernard. the greatest. Oh. But we we talk about it then that idea of like you have to it, it's a it's some thin ice you're on if you it's say it's a tightrope. But the thing is, 
she can be upset about it because it's her boyfriend, the man that she loves and stuff like that. You you make her a caricature of herself like, oh, that was the best day ever when he found himself. I'm like, you can be upset. You can have personal feelings. You make the characters feel real. People will care about them. But they're, they were worried, oh, it looks homophobic. But when you do it, you have Stephanie Brown go to Cass and say, listen, I, I don't know what to do because I really I'm so hurt by this, but I'm afraid that people will think of it as a different thing. And then Cass, who usually the best with Cass is that she gets right to the heart of the matter. Like she knows she's like, no, no, it's fine to be upset if you would. Like, there you go. Would have been pretty cool, but they didn't do that. But yeah, that's beside the point. But yeah, they yeah. need to nail down some some of this continuity. And maybe I think maybe they do have to thin out the herd a little. But we'll see. We'll see what they do. But that's it for the mail. Thanks, Eric, for emailing. Thank anyway. you, Eric, for joining me. As always. No, thank you. And and we may actually be going off and joining each other again. You you want to go out for dinner tonight, maybe? You know? No, dinner I do not. two two buddies. I like, to, dinner, I, I like to have dinner with friends. Oh. Yeah, right. yeah. That's, Feel that's it. not Feel nice. Pain. Seriously, then then you don't go to dinner with, with Jess, right? Because she's a no. lover. Oh, no, I she's don't. a lover. <laughs> you don't actually. No red lobster boy. Oh my goodness gracious! We'll be back no with tax two more books. That red no, we have Flash and Power Girl. Oh my goodness! And Eric, I don't have a newfangled song, so we might have to dig deep into the archives for this next section. But I know what I'm going to play, so we'll be back with that in just a second. You know it's hard when everybody still thinks you're a star. Sarah, actual Power Girl fun. What do you think actual Power Girl fun would be? What, what, what would that cupcakes. entail? It probably would be. Well, you're getting that now. So, and we will have Power Girl in the section. I actually said at the end of the mail that if we did an Avenue song. Yet I have like five of them for yeah. Power Girl. And uh, the other one, very. I, I like the other one better, but I like the way the uh, we can dig it. <laughs> we can dig it. It's the best of that one. So we, we went with that. But we have two books here. I actually was going to try to put a Flash song together. I'm like, well, where would I start? Where would you start, Eric? I mean, I, I just don't get it. It's one of those things that I think down the line, people will look back at this Spurrier Flash book as like, a, you know, a kind of a, a curiosity. A weird little experiment that failed terribly. 
Look at the train wreck, everybody. I, Look I, at love it. The, I love when some people were saying, well, you know, God forbid they tried something new. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. But maybe not this way. And maybe, you know, maybe you could have tried something else, Worlds. Maybe you could have done a black label. This would have fit black label great. Yeah. Uh, but in the main book, especially coming out of the Jeremy Adams deal, that was so much fun. And was real, uh, you know, a lot of people did like, but even just the fun aspect, they they did want to go the opposite. They did, didn't work. It's not working. This is more of a, you know, Seisberger that should just stick with his Constantine and the Hellblazer stuff that people do like that new book. Yeah, it's crazy. I got to read that. Yeah, not here, though. It's just the Cosmic Car, which, again, that was right away. He said, hey, I'm going to do this Cosmic Car deal. It just It just doesn't work. And it, the idea. it's just is it cosmic if it's like sideways reality? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's the problem. And where I think that it doesn't work is because you're you're playing you're doing a Constantine like spin in something that shouldn't, but also has a speed force. It's already its own confusing thing. And then you go on top of that, and I don't know. It, it's just odd. But you give us the credits, and we'll jump into this issue. The Flash, number six, written by Simon Spurrier, with art by Mike Dodato Jr., Trish Mulvihill, and Hassan Atzmain Elhal. And we're going to have a weird little cooldown issue from where we left off, because it looks like Linda and Wally have themselves an activity date. We're just going to run around until, they're, until they have to stop, because they got some uncoiled, gross things from sideways reality over there in old London town that they got to deal with. But they're not alone, because Barry Allen is already on the case. And pretty much you spend this as you're trying to deal with the idea like, you know, what's been wrong with Barry? Wally's an asshole because he never called to see what's wrong with Barry. And it's just this weird fight where, but ultimately, it just doesn't seem like it's Barry. It's this weird sideways continuum of like <laughs> vibrations of reality that have taken him over to possibly be a conduit to bring back Eobardthon. Yeah. I, and <laughs> I think that by the end of this, and it's funny when you go like, hey, it's a cool down issue. I'm like, I can't tell. I don't well, know. I, I, I say the idea of a cooldown for where we start with just the idea, because even though Max Mercury is supposedly still stuck in a zombie sideways reality that we can't find, it's date night for him and Linda because she's been depressed. She got some postpartum depression At going first, on. I like the idea when it's it's exasperated by the idea that she's lost the speed force. So that's her bit of depression that we had before as well. That I she just doesn't love, feel anything. So in this, it is like you, you keep where it almost feels like Seisberry. He wants to tell the story of how Linda and, and Wally hate each other and they, they break up. But he knows he's not allowed. So he keeps jumping back and forth. It's like a tug of war where she sees the man that she loves so much, but she doesn't care about him. And then the next thing is, oh, my God, she thinks he's the greatest thing ever, but doesn't really have any feelings. Like, what are you doing? And it's such a weird idea to talk about it because not even Linda of the mind talk. It's an overall narrator telling us what Linda's feeling at that point. And I, I actually wish it would have stuck to her feelings about, like, Wally West and the relationship in general because then it becomes stuff like distantly worried she's lost her mind. Linda makes the improbable observation that the newcomers smell like secrecy with a hint of cinnamon. I'm like, fuck you. I'm out. Yeah. And that's twice. And in that, I, I had a list, and I was going to make the joke. Here are a couple things that you shouldn't write when you are writing The Flash. Even words where, I, you know, I'm a dummy. I don't need word of the day. When you're reading something and it gets so crazy that I have to stop and go look something up, and I'm not going to. I'm just going to go with it. But the words innervated, bloviating. I'm like, I have never seen these words together like this or these letters. And then you have, like you said, Secrets, the stench of them surround her, and just a hint of cinnamon. Uh, okay, yeah. I, I was something we, again, said. like you said, we used the cinnamon bit twice for whatever reason. Like, why is it important to us as a reader to think that the stillness 
these possibly cosmic over watchers that's going on with the vibrations of the sideways reality who want to see things with the uncoiled and possibly things going on with Thawne later on. I don't honestly don't know their MO, but why is it important for us to know that there's a hint of cinnamon to their interaction with our world? I just took that cinnamon with some stripper or something that was down the road. I tell you, it's just why would, and it's him trying Smells to be like ass. trying to be funny. Trying to be clever? Like, then I'm starting to think I'm because like, me and you talk about this, and I know it's feathers, but I'm like, is she having, like, a stroke or something? Like, is that what's that? Yeah, oh, that's yeah, that's it's feathers. It's just a weird She can't say that to the stroke, so it comes out cinnamon. I also thought that there was something in it where a lot of spy things that you, you end up finding out this might be not real either, that if they poison something, they put cinnamon in it to uh, mask that. So, actually, if you taste cinnamon in something that shouldn't, you know it's poison. And maybe that's the play that this is a poison reality. That's what I'm like. I think I'm thinking too much or not. Yeah, because ultimately, whatever we're trying to do with the stillness now, we have to attract the arc angles to this whole thing. And they're afraid that if we have a binary conduit to the speed force, like a Barry and a Wally, that this might repel like them with such complexities. And I'm just sitting here. You ain't seen half of it yet if you think there are only binary components to this whole thing because they got a lot of speedsters that are attracted to the speed force right now. So I'm like, I don't even know what you guys are even t- trying to do. Even when, you know, Mr. Terrific tells Wally about an incident they have to go off to and save, where then Barry outruns Wally, which gives him a, lot, a whole lot of depth in his connection to the speed force because now all of a sudden Barry's faster than him. You're taking on a character like that's um, uh, been taken over by what we call the uncoiled. I say we, but I mean the stillness. And I'm like, it looks like we killed this thing. And I'm like, but wasn't that a guy like we had with the Indigo Streak or the Indigo Blur, whatever his name was? Like, wasn't he taken over? So did you just murder a man? And then they mentioned the, the you know, police that are in space bubbles, but they're not. And then you do this and then you have Linda put on what might be either a Winston Churchill or possibly a W.C. Fields mask, which I wanted yeah. to go with. So he could, she could just yell out, she hates Philadelphia. Uh, but all that is just there. Some people just didn't even get past that mask. Like, why would she have this? I'm like, it's just him being jokey about the it's idea of identities. And, and they're in Britain, so why not? I'm like, I don't get it. I, I just don't know why. And even the reviewers, and you have, you know, some of the sus reviewers that we talk about a lot, they'll give this like an eight. But their explanation is, I don't know what the hell's going on, but boy, it's really making me think. Eight out of ten. Is no, it's no. Making I, me want to think, it's making me think I want to read a different book. At least at the point when I'm doing, when we're talking about detective comics, I can at least get a thought in my mind of, okay, this is what he's doing. I don't get it. It's kind of it's like of the a mind. List. It doesn't matter. I don't really care, but I understand it's of the mind at Each least. Each page of this book slaps you in the face of not just, it's just like, who understands this besides him? And I don't even know if it does. And I keep going back to what he said legitimately in an interview he said that they came to him and said do you want to write flash he thought to himself i'm really busy right now i've never done this amount of books i'm putting a big book like the flash that's not going to work but he did not want to tell them no because when you say flat out no they stop asking you then so he said okay and came up with the wackiest stupidest craziest scenario of a pitch and they said yes and it, it shocked them and here we have it we have it here and i see how crazy it is because it is crazy as shit but not in a good way. This is like no. I said, when you end up where a Grant Morrison doing that, you will have crazy stuff, but it's within a thing that other things make sense to then, you know, center on that. This is just straight out, just over the top. 
just I don't know. I don't even, even know what stuff to say of, about it. Of these putrid things that are taking are coming through and taking over old London town. That Wally says it's not a big problem. Like oh no, they were doing some bad shit. I had to take care of this being Barry Allen. And then we go off to take on one of the uncoiled. While we still have the stillness over watching talking about oh we have one that obeys. How great and stuff like that because Barry's willing to do what the stillness one. It seems like it's like oh like Jay West shows up. And like dad, we got a problem. I was able to jump over here, but I didn't really want to talk to you, dad. I want to talk to Uncle Barry because I know you are doing you know dad flash stuff and I like, you know. And yeah, then but it came out more that, hurtful than that, you know, when he shows but, up. And I thought we had that talk. Yeah, we did. But, uh, the talk you know. about Jay not wanting to be a superhero when he grows up. But he still has this weird connection to the Speed Force where he then has to take his his family to his uh, school where everybody in his school has been stuck in time because time's bleeding. But also there are just ghosts roaming around the cafeteria. And I'm like, just ghosts. And yeah. Yeah. And, and then you play the idea because then that's where Linda's there. And like, hey, I've kind of seen this before. I think they're in stasis. They'll be fine. They're not hurt. Mr. Terrific, pl- please learn your, your please place. Shut he, up, get, Mr. Terrific. He, he gets on the intercom. Oh, no, no. no, no. Uh, they're not. They're actually having an awful time right now. I just want to tell you that your daughter right now is going through complete hell. Mr. Terrific, I actually out. know, Wally. My <laughs> like, PCs are reading adrenaline, intense brain activity. I think this is an extremely traumatic experience for these kids. Yeah. Mr. Cool. T, out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, jerk. Like the idea that, like even then, it would have been funny if Wally's like, ah, uh, yeah, I don't think that's true. But and Wally, actually, everybody in this, because we said that Jay, he'll jump to like some of his dialogue seems like he's a fifty-year-old, you know, psychic for psychics for well, physics professor, psychic professor, the psychic professor, like like Professor X. When we had the <laughs> really, when we had these things going, like one of the cool things. Could have been that Wally, he's kind of, he's not a dummy, but he's kind of that, you know, regular schmo guy. And hey, you got to dumb it down for me. But he starts, but then he says out of nowhere, like, I'm a dummy. I don't know. But everything's just being thrown at you. And it's just when you go to that schoolroom and okay, it's not just enough that these school kids are frozen in stasis. Jay says, I think it's because of the way I do this. You surround them by ghosts of crazy. I mean, one of them looks like Zillius Zox out of the, like, where, who are these ghosts? One looks like Constantine. The other one all going, I don't know what's happening. I don't, I still don't know why Jay had his shirt off down in the deal with this homunculi. It, like, oh, what God. is going oh, on? Oh, God. Why are these words that we have to say for all yeah, these characters that I love I'm in saying. the flash right now? Sinister is mentioned like three times. I'm like, I don't want to say that word. So, yeah, this going on of like, well, what is going on? And how. And then, you know, they go sideways. Hey, I have this new sideways ability, well, even but I didn't want to tell you. And- what is the point of this where we have this going on in the cafeteria of the school, and then all of a sudden, Wally's new power activates where he's able to fucking jump sideways into the reality kind of thing, where we just see swirls of colors, and then there's that Eden over there where all your worries disappear, but we're not going to go there. We're just going to sideways back to a regular reality where, oh, there's the stillness. Hey, what's going on? Oh, he doesn't know what's going on. The answers are there, sentient organic. You need to merely ask. And it just goes to the idea because what's going on with the Speed Force right now? And they're screwing it up. And it has something to do with all this work going on with the idea who's outfitting all these villains with alien tech to make them stronger. We saw Mr. Miracle and the folding the, the, the folding man. But it just seems out of nowhere. It's like, oh, yeah. And then Barry, he's connected to Eobard Thawn. And now he's going to try to kill you. And when that happens, we have to have this whole play. He gets these swirls around his eyes, like these like uh, rainbow swirls, but it almost looks like he's wearing a Dr. Hurt mask, actually, for how it yeah, looks. Yeah, actually, I thought that, too. 
where he's taken over by this thing while they're inside the Speed Force, where he then goes and stabs Wally to take him out of the picture. And somehow we're trying to tie it into the idea where you have all of this going on, and it's Eobard Thawne. I swear the only reason that this was put together like it is for the big reveal here is because Thorns sounds like Thorns. So you know we're gonna have we're gonna have the Crown of Crown of Thorns. And I'm like, shut, shut up, stop. And even the idea of trying to bring, bring Eobard Thawne into the picture, I still need to know how this works. And I hope to God that Simon Spurrier talks about it, because as far as I'm concerned, whether you're a fan of Jeff Johns or Flashpoint or whatnot, when we had the Flashpoint Beyond going on, written by Jeff Johns, Tim Sheridan, and Jeremy Adams, in that story, it seemed like finally, after all this time, what when uh, Martha Wayne and the Joker killed Eobard Thawne in this weird condensed timeline, this weird, like, you know, outside of time little uh, reality that Batman had created, that broke his paradox, so he was actually finally dead for the first time in fucking forever. Now, he point, did start he came to back. vibrate after that, but we still thought that the paradox was stopped because he was killed. Then as he came back, he wouldn't have that paradox, and the paradox is he can pretty much jump around time, all but that seemed, stuff, and he can't be killed. It seemed like so. a big deal in that issue to talk about like the Time Masters, how the paradox has been destroyed, and like we never really dealt with it, but just bringing Eobard Thawne back here with this weird fucking sideways reality story i'm just like i don't know if this is the play and i think is i'm really afraid they're not going to talk about him dying in flashpoint beyond i'm afraid that they will and we won't even know they're doing it i, I i'm not even <laughs> joking at the end of this like i i want to ask you like i can't say i hate the story i hate that i don't understand this i don't know what the story is so the hate, I hate that the i have for it but i'm saying the hate that i have for it is that i don't know what this story is i can't tell you oh i don't like it because i think the stillness should be doing this or that or the other thing i don't i can't penetrate it because of how it is so at the end i just shrug my shoulders i just end up like i don't know what's happening and it's too many issues now to even get that even like and and then some of this dialogue like one of the things here they're talking about how linda and Wally are kind of like, you know, a little bit standoffish with each other and they're not explaining things. And it's like they don't need to speak. The wife, the husband, they both know, though it burns her so deeply, she could vomit magma, though it scolds her. What are you talking about? Just tell me what you're saying. Don't sit there. It scolds her like she's vomiting magma. And now she's smelling cinnamon. And then she's this. She's wearing a, a fucking W.C. Fields or a Winston Churchill mask. These are all just nonsense bullshit. That is on top of layers of other bullshit. And I don't know what's going on. So that's my frustration of it. Is at the end of this, we'll probably get 12 issues. I won't even be able to tell you the, in, the littlest detail of what actually happened. It, it's just fucked up for fucked up sake. And that's all I think it is. Well, here, here's we have some back and forth. We have some back and forth. Uh, irrelevant. He's isolated, wounded, doubting everything. Yes, just as required. Friends, you have served with diligence. You have earned your allotted rewards and more besides. You have earned an explanation. Knowing that all you have done, the chaos, the erosion of pride, all has served to prepare our chosen weapon, the conduit, Wally West. Through him, we shall send our warhead into the source of creation, our poisonous tangle of paradox and pain. Soon through the flash, we shall deploy a virus fit for a world where time stands still, the Corona Contrarium. And that goes into the crown of thorns. But do you know what you do? And in the, where I said at one point, you even have at the beginning, and just to point out, like, I get you said there's a little date thing. But this ends a trade. Like, this should be the end of that first trade. It's issue number six. You should get out of this trade knowing what is going on. And you don't, at one point, Wally says, hey, 
hey, skip the Dungeon Master crap for five minutes. Tell me what the hell is going on. I'm with you. I want to know as well. Thank God. Oh, we just go back to bullshit. We just go back to bullshit. Even this throw in pros on top of that, which you're already pretty much telling a lot of the things through narration. And then we get pros on day. Like, why are you doing every step of the way to make what should be the fastest man alive, the slowest read ever? That's all it is to me. And me saying, what the hell is blovelating? I, I don't even know if that's a word. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? What did you go? And I'm like, it's right there whatever. At the and so I'm really, <laughs> the amount of metaphors and similes in this is overwhelming. And they all have a hint of cinnamon. Eric, at the end, there you go. I, I can make up shit too. But at the end, I'm just like, I don't know. The art at one point I thought was a little bit distracting, but I actually don't mind it now. I can't get past the writing or the what little the story that is being told. I think that really if it would be one of those things, somebody cracked the code. I swear to God, there's like three sentences of story that we've gotten since the beginning. It just keeps being retold in weird ways that I don't understand. Homunculi. Really? <laughs> this, this is what we have for the flash. And it, I expect during something like, and there'll be people out there like, I think it's interesting and that's fine. But fine, usually, yeah. usually at this point, you end up having like some, you know, faction like, oh, you guys are idiots. We love it. I don't see anybody saying that. I, I see a lot of people confused. And in the deal, if this would be, you know, Tom King comes to mind, the, some of the things he does. He has a certain way. He has fans, though, and they will defend it. Cy Spurrier really doesn't sell any issues. And, yeah, people like his Hellblazer, his Constantine, but nobody is out there. You know, manning the wall for Cy Spurrier And then you do this I think that he has to realize that He's just done fucked up Like there is nothing that I could say That would get anybody If somebody, if this is somebody's first flashbook I guarantee it's their last That they would even gone Because there's nothing you could grab onto That you even understand We thought that the worst thing was going to be Oh, he's going to make the Speed Force wonky Please, just do that <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what's going on. Hey, it's Jim, hard to even read it. This is still wonky. Yeah, it, yeah. So is everything else, including my brain. I'm like, okay, some of the character designs pretty cool. I like that mask of Winston Churchill, right? Yeah, Cigar yeah. gun. You should have that. I even then, like, I like the the way that it is like two dimensional on her face. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking. I like when I thought Jay would be like Jay. Okay, fine. But Jay is not Jay here. And also, like no. you said, then we don't have Max, that whole thing. We still have the result. We don't have Impulse. But the Impulse that we got her, it's not Impulse. And even Irie, she's frozen, so that doesn't work. And behind her is the ghost of Robert Downey Jr., maybe. That's what it looks like. Maybe. He's there. He's All like, right, hey, hey, guys. Like, that. that's actually the Marvel DC crossover we never asked for. Ghost, you know. Well, Robert Downey Jr. and Celia sucks and everything. Like, what does that mean? Did they, is this that they they moved the the burial ground, but they put the school on it? I don't even know what it would mean. That the one looks like a real crypt keeper too. I just imagine it's just a hey, the the time is bleeding. The uh, the vibration of sideways is leaking through from this one sideways like frequency that like is just ghost shit. Man, they're like coming through the windows, but they're not. I, I need them to start like yelling shit and stuff, like get some ghost shit going on and have their pants off. I don't know. Be cool. All of a sudden, Winston Churchill He comes in. He's like, I want that mask back. I don't know. And then, then another ghost comes in. I hate Philadelphia. I hate kids yeah. in Philadelphia, I think is what he always said. Mr. Terrific comes in to be an asshole. The end. Right? 
It's I I don't know. What would you give this, Eric? I would give this a four out of ten. I enjoy the art in this, and yeah, maybe the, the idea of actually. bringing Thawne back could be interesting. But just everything that we're doing right now is just a struggle to read at every page. It's very it's very frustrating. Now, I, it everything feels like again like an evil AI. You put it in and say, write the most pretentious bullshit you've ever seen, and don't explain stuff. All right, here you go. That's the art thing angles. when you say at the end. I, I'm so worried. The idea that even the simplest concept is not explained, and yet me and you both want to have why Thawne's here explained. And I think that by the end, when if we said to Cy Spurrier, man, you didn't explain it, he'll say, oh, yeah, I did. And we, we wouldn't have even known it because it just gets pushed aside. It's so bad. I'm, I'm a three, three out of ten. I do like the art. I think... The art threw me off a little at the beginning, but I think it's interesting. I think it's kind of cool, some of the wacky stuff in it, but the story. And I, and I give you know credit to Mike Diodato. Like, he's really probably trying to struggle to even figure. Like, I can imagine he's like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm supposed to write on this panel or draw because yeah. of what was explained. Like, should I should I have, like, a, a bunch of a spice rack? Is that what we're talking about with the cinnamon? Like, I can imagine the calls he sends to Sykes Murray. Like, what the fuck do you mean by this? He's like, oh. All of those five pages of dialogue just meant they walked through a door. Okay, I got you. Oh, through right. the door. There we are. But that's it for that book. Just draw the characters that have some swirly shit behind them. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you you want to give me a swirly? Well, not right now. But just draw that shit. Come on. Get to it. And then he's like, all right, whatever. Give me my paycheck. But here's the next book, Eric. In a different way, this is wacky as well. I kind of yeah, know what's going though. on here. But I end up like I know, and maybe that might be the problem with this one. But it is the Power Girl, Power Girl number six, written by Leah Williams, art by Marguerite Savage, Becca Carey, and uh, that's it. Uh, actually, uh, the artist Marguerite Savage doing all the work, heavy lifting, Eric. And we're gonna go to Ferimbia, the crazy. Ferimbia. Like, how, how do you get so convoluted to just end up doing the trope of oh no, we're in a fantasy world that we have to work through or whatnot? This involves drugs that may or may not be alien that kind of affect people that they're not ending up being that bad, but they are. But when we say alien, we don't mean from outer space. We mean from another universal world type of situation. Again, you spell it out at the beginning in this crazy way of like, this drug doesn't really do that many bad things. And also people end up when they take the drug, like you're you're playing the idea of taking this drug and going to a fantasy world. Yes. But people go missing in there. Again, I yeah, But you have to have people come back to tell you yes. about it. But then they, right? Like right away, it's, it's, it fails. It's such a weird idea because you have the idea that people are just taking this drug called Avalon to go and have themselves a psychedelic trip to the fucking medieval times or whatnot. And the thing is, when you take this pill, are you physically transported there? Or is it all of the mind? And if it's all of the mind, how do people disappear? I'm like, I don't feel like I understand the rules enough here to fully understand. Like, And I think like, they go against the rules through this. If, like, the, if the one girl here is being pressured to take this drug with her friends in this like, you know, dorm like um, school, which is weird because it's called the Kilgore Institute. I thought it was going to be a Kilgore story at one point, even though you don't have the, like, the percentage symbol instead of the O. But I'm like... If she didn't get pressured in this, would she just see her friends disappear right there? Because I think that raises some alarm bells. The alarm bells of, oh, holy shit, this drug, they disappeared. I'm not taking it anymore. <laughs> like, I, I get that some people are like, fuck this, I'm out. I want to go to this place. But I love gambling. You're playing with this weird idea of these people go to this fantasy world, but there is no way to get back. So how do you find out about the fantasy world of people not coming back? 
when people disappear, but maybe they don't because at one point but they walk into a room and they're there. But why do they? Uh, doesn't make sense. And then from the beginning, you are going to play up. Hey, it's not a dick. Like it really is that. You know, it, it doesn't do anything wrong, except maybe that you disappear and end up in fantasy land. But hey, yeah, I mean, use the slave labor. But then later, you want to have you know the Supergirl and Power Girl take it, but then they say, oh no, no, it might be addictive. But then throwing the caveat because we're Kryptonian, oh, nothing okay. makes sense. And Different in physiology, that, I get it. In that, you even have them know things about this off-panel kind of. They're looking through a microscope, and then they seem to know everything about it. Then they open it up. Then they heat vision. It's all over the place. And this is the uh, this type of story that I'm kind of used to with Leah Williams when I read a bunch of the stuff at Marvel. When I warned you, know, you, oh, things get wacky. You're going to have a little, like, sexy stuff in this. It's just everybody's thinking of boning people. Like, that's about as sexy as it got. But still, this is a convoluted mess of a narrative to do something that is so oddly off the, the deal anyway. We're, we're doing another crazy cooldown type thing and this is multiple issues when we do have symbioship calyx waiting or oh, the only thing i thought maybe I... that symbioship calyx stuff they're waiting for absolute power to kind of throw that in as well like maybe. why would you I, delay the only thing i can like say this? about this that i think i appreciate a little bit is that streaking the supercat story from before at least ties into this because the animals that streaky rescued in the previous issue were the ones being tested on with this avalon drug like uh, against the law and stuff like that so i'm like at least it wasn't a one and done story man even then like i mean this whole thing ends up just everything's just thrown at you you, you have this girl she ends up in fantasy land Everybody's traipsing around there. La, 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 la. We're heading to the castle. Then we just go to Metropolis the next day. And it just becomes, hey, I heard that a lot of college kids are taking drugs. They're like, what you say? Like, I've never heard that before. <laughs> then they also say that there's some van pulling up. I'm like, Bibbo, what the fuck are you up to? What Stop are you it. up to, dude? But even then, when you get to that, because they're, oh, there's college kids taking drugs. That people are disappearing, but people know they're disappearing, still taking the drugs. We better go undercover. I always like undercover. Me and you both do. We love the idea of, oh, here we go. You don't even get to play the fun of them trying to be college kids. Well, because- even the idea of this. I, I see Paige come in here, and I'm like, you're just freaking Drew Barrymore and better, like, never been kissed going into high school kind of shit. Because you try to act like you're a part of this college thing. Like, Supergirl, I could buy for some reason. Well, the thing is, I say that Supergirl and Paige both look hot and are just dressed like young girls. But I'm like, I, it's so weird to me that like Paige is trying to like act like a, like a college freshman to a degree in my mind. But that would be fun. Like I think that we well, it becomes 22 Jump Street where they just kept looking at freaking Jonah Hill and said, "That's what are you, all like, I 90? wanted." That's what I wanted. And so when we get this though, we already set up that this Paige Power Girl that Leah Williams is writing doesn't even understand uh, what's a voicemail. What's the like? Remember when she was there and like she had no clue about anything, which felt weird. But then you don't really she just dresses up in its fashion show to then go to a frat party to then walk into a room and find some. But they didn't disappear. They're laying on a bed and Omen is mind controlling. And they're like, no, 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 you can't do that. But she does. Like, there's no real story here. And that's the thing. Like, the idea that they go into that room, I feel like they were just about to have an orgy or just got done an orgy at that point in time. But like, all right, just go to sleep and don't remember any of this. Let's check the drug supply. Yeah. And, and like you see two dudes, two girls, so they're like, oh, sorry. Hey, we're going to take your drugs. And we shouldn't take college kids' drugs. Hey, we got to take the drugs. It's just, I'll take all what, the college kid drugs. This really, it, this really feels like a story that 
you know, Leah Williams, they, they threw it at her at the last second. Come on, come up with it. Like it's a Mad Libs type of deal because you just go from one seat to the next and wacky well, even stuff. even the idea when you have these two, like, you know, goons with the comedy and tragedy mess that we saw in the streaky issue previously who are gathering all the animals up. And this one, like the, the Supergirl and Power Girl, they go after them for, like, you know, dealing drugs and stuff like that. They're able to spray paint a freaking symbol of the, the, the magical land they belong to on the wall, touch it, open up a portal and disappear. And the queen of this realm is like, well, it's lucky I was able to, like, turn on the thing for you because I wasn't, like, about to originally. To the point where later on, Power Girl and, and Supergirl, they'll do the same thing to get there. And for some reason, they can just do it no problem, even though it seems like the queen had to send that, like, you'd be able to activate this for her goons. That's the thing. Everything goes against what you already saw. And even when you go, like, maybe you could have had a 21. They're setting it up to be 21 Jump Street. Hey, we're going to have to pretend we're this. We're going to have to buy the drugs. But what they do is walk into one orgy room and the you know, omen puts them to sleep and then really just reads their mind and says oh they're getting this drug from people in a van that end up having theatrical mess boom 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 we, that's not a great way to do a story and maybe that could have been a little more interesting or at least funny but you end up where they're like okay well let's go and then they argue about hey you're not supposed to you know mind control people or whatnot even though Omen keeps doing it and then they just Constantly. go to to the lab and off they and go like- and and it feels so weird because I know that Omen is a regular guest star of the series, right? And Supergirl pretty much is the cameo of it. But for some reason, Lilith feels like such a hanger on third wheel in this, just showing up. They're like, hey, what's going on, college kids? I'm helping out too. I'm like, oh, you're here too, huh, Omen? Cool. I thought that maybe at that point, just tell me if this would have made some sense, you know, a little bit. Hey, Omen, while we go and check out this drug, why don't you look into this van thing? Because when they are looking at the drug, they're like, okay, let's see. They open it up, and it looks like like a gaseous like thing that could just send them off to, you know, whatever that fucking place is called, this fantasy land, Ferimbia. And then in the meantime, you could have Omen looking into it, and then she gets to the sigil or whatever. But this thing goes, they heat vision it and say, oh, we can't use that, just to then go through this portal that shouldn't be, but still are stuck. Like, I, it, it, like. Why? <laughs> it's such a weird idea, too. So you take this Avalon drug that just looks like like a, a pellet, <laughs> like a boba fucking deal, and you, you're looking at it, and you cut it, we cut a sliver off, and all of a sudden, this like, little smoke yeah, stuff goes out. why didn't that send them there? Why, why didn't they just inhale it? Immediately, Paige looks like she's about to vomit. Yeah, she's going to throw it up. Smacks it down, and then all of a sudden, she's at the microscope looking at things, and like, hey, check, check this out. Hey, take a look. No, you take this first. And then she heat visions the sample. Like, look, Paige, we only have a small amount of samples that we could use. Why do you keep destroying these things? What the fuck are we doing? I want to give you the progression. But please, this, they, again, they open it up, which should have just like, oh, no, we didn't want to go to Fermembia. Ah, and they end up there. But instead, it, they look in the microscope, heat vision it. And then you end up to a page and then she, whatever happened to we only have a limited number of samples. This is the line. I changed my mind once we discovered it's some kind of organic biomorph. When the fuck did you discover that? I know you're there Seriously. looking in there, but you never did. I, it, and this an progression, one. Yeah, <laughs> the progression. Of say, and an alien. <laughs> when did we get this? There's not much going on in this issue I, that you are. There's no reason. To push that aside, that's the most important thing that you've mentioned up in this point, but I don't even know what it means because you just kind of throw, you never showed us this. How can no. you not show us that? Ay, ay, ay. It, it, I, I think but it's that okay, really, Jim. 
because we're gonna we're just gonna spray paint a big old F on the wall, teleport ourselves to Ferimbia, and don't worry because Paige, ever since Lazarus Planet or Lazarus Rain, whatever we're gonna call it, she's got that reality punching power, so she can just punch a hole back through reality, and get us back up. But the thing is, once we teleport there, for some reason the queen allows that teleportation to go through, and even though it's not where she like teleported the other people, her goons. Oh no, our powers don't work in Ferimbia. What are we going to do now? And we also have a, like an art change at that point where everybody becomes even more cartoony. I'm like, and again, I say all this, all this ridiculous stuff, still less intuitive in my mind than Detective Comics and The Flash because I can follow what's going on here. It's not great, but like I can follow it. At least that, that's the thing. Again, like I said about Flash, the caveat is I know what to get angry about in this because I know what's happening. There's just, it's a very clunky story. That really means nothing. So when you're going, but I do think, and as we're going through it too, just the, even then they're like, okay, well, we're going to go through this portal, but I can punch through reality and I can come back. They go, they're supposed to investigate. She's trying to punch through right away. It doesn't work. But I think that by the end, I think all we're doing here is kind of having a fashion show. I do think it's more of Marguerite Savage. Like, Hey, I want you to have them dress up as cool college kids. Then we're going to have them in lab coats. Then we're going to do Margaret that. Savage? Like, yeah, I think that's who's doing the uh, art, is the okay. artist, Margaret Savage. So when she's allowed to do them in schoolgirl outfits, she's in the regular costumes, then eventually they'll probably be dressed up as, you know, knights in shining armor, whatever you have in this from Mbia. But what is this? Play? Like, what is it? And then it's just like, you know, this big bad, I'm going to get you and your power energies and I'm going to do this. But it's all a bunch of bullshit. It really is. And what it does feel like, and this is not a compliment. This feels like a knockoff of the already awful Harley Quinn and the multiverse shit. Oh, even the idea we're calling back to that unearthed stuff that we dealt with in the Batgirl series. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I bad. mean, you're already going through a trope of... Was it Nightwing and Batgirl? Yeah, it was uh, actually at the unearthed was uh, Batgirl kind of got it, but it was also Teen Titans at one Teen point Titans, where okay. they ended up having that. And it was just, it was bad. But at least that was like, oh, this guy came up with these things in his mind and they became reality. But and this, I just, I don't understand. I don't know why we're doing this. It just seems like you're, you know, trying to just fill up issues. But well, even the idea where it's like, you know, the, the queen is all like, the more people that take Avalon that come to Ferimbia, the more I have for my hive mind. And then I just look at the last page here. This seems like you have these fuckers here who you kept disappeared from our world. They're just moving boulders from they're left moving to right. Rocks. Like, that's all they're doing. hive mind you're doing. And, and the hive mind, I also like where you're just thrown into this. And again, this is like the classic, like Leah Williams type deal where none of it makes sense, but she seems to just want to, okay, fantasy world. Teeny how is this too. But then again, that's why the Harley stuff. But in that, like out of nowhere, this bad, crazy queen that we don't know and really doesn't look that bad because everything's so cartoony says so kryptonian powers are neutralized in for Ferimbia. <laughs> i'm like why is that funny <laughs> what's going about on kryptonians yeah and why does that mean anything and what does it matter i like is this gonna make your hype Calm I down, maybe you want more and now you're going to have to have, like, the story of, oh, what are these two girls going to do without their powers? Well, they're going to be powerful anyway. They're still heroes. Hey, maybe they but don't want to move rocks. They teleported in so they won't be a part of the hive mind, though. Yeah. Yeah. So they're kind of free and they don't have to move rocks is what happens. Right. It's it's bad. still better than Flash I mean, and Detective. Well, again, I, I think it's bad it, in its own ways, different ways completely. But I still enjoy reading this more than those other two stories, even though it's still. I don't know that bullshit. I enjoy reading it more. I just don't get as many, 
Maybe it's the same. I actually think that at this point, like, if you are, maybe they're trying to do this. Maybe they're like, man, those few people who are reading Power Girl, we need to get rid of them so we can. Because you had at least a story that meant something with the symbiote ship. You end oh, up, yeah. I mean, none of it really ever worked because it didn't seem like but it Leah was Williams knew the character. But you started, you were actually, when the symbiote ship deal, you actually got to a point of, okay, finally we're doing something Power Girl-esque. We're actually doing something that would mean something in a Power Girl book. Nope, push that aside for Mimbia. For Mimbia, whatever the hell you for call Mimbia. it. Drugs. Craziness, fantasy world, streaky, none of it cat. makes sense. None of it makes sense. It it went against itself throughout, and then at the end, you're like, "Yeah, this is bullshit." But seems like she wants to have some fun, so we'll give her some credit for that. But uh, what would you give it? I would give it. I say it's better than Texas. I'm gonna give it the exact same score of a five out of ten. Yeah, five out of ten is fine. what I am. I'm not a fan of the cartoon aspect of where we change, but it's fun for what they're doing with the idea of going to a fantasy like world to make it more cartoony. It's just not a good story overall, but it feels. More comprehensive than anything we have going on in the Flash and Detective Comics right now. Yeah, I wish there was vampires in it, because then it might have more stakes. That's what I say. Yeah, it's just like you read it. And, like, again, it's like that side thing. And when I read it, I also think, like, yeah, nobody's reading this book anyway. But, man, they're trying to have fun. But it was pretty bad. What's your book of the week? My book of the week is Green Arrow number nine. So is mine. I actually am, me and you talking about it, even, you know, arguing a little bit about what we might think is coming up actually made me enjoy it a little more. And uh, at one point, uh, Jay Garrick, The Flash, I really liked as well. This it, it seemed like a little bit of a down issue before we get to the finale, but it was still better than a lot of the stuff. And even the Amazon's attack in my mind was a bit of a down issue in my mind, but it's still way more enjoyable than the majority of stuff this week, it feels like. Yeah, yeah. so if you want to hear us talk about those uh, at length, you can go to our Patreon. That is patreon.com slash weirdscience, uh, as well as three or three. Two of the books that I'll be mentioning right now, not a lot of books next week either. So we uh, will have a very quick deal, but some big ones there. Some biggers, biggins, they say. Batman number 145. Yeah, we'll see how that is, right? We we get going to what we had before, get back to the Zoranar failsafe stuff, so that'll be cool. Is that what we have going on for like like the first page of all the comics this week, where they keep advertising stuff with Batman going forward? Is that what we're doing with? Yeah, I think that's the art coming up. Batman, yes, Batman 145. prisons. (laughs) Prisons, yeah, that's, that's the cover that they show. Looks pretty cool, though. I'll even read it. It says, the thrilling new arc is here. Dark Prisons begins following the Joker Year One stunning reveals. Still trying oh, to figure out what those were. Stunning. Batman must engineer escape from Zora's prison. It is funny when you go back to this, it'll be, you know, beat the crap Joker in that full body cast. Like walking around, walking around like the, uh, what's her name? Uh, now I'm saying John Cusack's sister when she was in June, the, yeah. uh, Joan when she was in 16 Candles with the big headpiece deal thing. But what secret does Zora? Now hold, that's a game changer for the Dark well, that's Knight the, and the entire That's the thing, universe. Jim. Right now, the Joker and Batman will have to work together to break free, almost like a deadly duo. Oh. People like that, maybe more than us. <laughs> Birds of Prey, number seven. All right. We, we can maybe do stuff with that book now that would change things up. The new yeah. team, Barbara's in the mix, but it's more of the, who from the future wants to kill Barbara? I think it's Barbara. Dun, dun. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll see. But, uh, Maybe that will get a little better. I saw that they even had an ad for that. I think of the books this week, and you have, like, some site, the best comic book on the shelves. I'm like, who is it? It's sad. This state of affairs. Blue Beetle number seven. 
you didn't talk Blue Beetle with me the last I didn't. issue. I really have to read that issue. I started okay, trying to read, read that issue like four times, and I'm like, I just it wasn't I just great. I got past. Well, the thing is, I kept trying to read it. I kept bringing it up, like. I didn't get past the cover, Jim. I didn't get into it. I couldn't make myself to do it. Like an Eric Shea, you ended up having the battle with what is it? The the blood, the crimson beetle, the blood beetle, the whatever blood they, they go with the blood scarab. Uh, and at the end, it looks like Jaime killed the uh, blood scarab, the kid inside, but then was teleported out of time. But then at the end, somehow they're going to try to find Ted Cork. It, it made no sense. Okay, that book. That book isn't he still in the hospital? That's what man sex said. He should talk to you. It says, next, the search for Ted Court. You search your ass right to that hospital that the JLI put him in. Search done. But you have that. We also have a book that me and you, you know, we, we like you like a little more than me, but I was starting to go. Uh, Neil Before Zod, number three. I we have that. that. There was a leak for, I think, this issue that's going to it's gonna change the game, Eric. Oh, no shit. Leak. It's leaked a long time ago, too. It feels like that book was delayed. But yeah, Tommy, we'll Mommy, Ursa. I'll tell you uh I'll tell you after we're done so I don't spoil it for everyone else but we also have Poison Ivy number 20. All right. Poison Ivy number right. 20. Yeah. Hey, we, we end up up the year one shipping. stuff. We had the year one stuff, maybe the gardener will finally show up. Maybe. And and then that you mean like some sexy guy without a shirt off. The gardener's here. Sure. Hey, who ordered the pizza? Extra pepperoni. You're like why is the gardener delivering I, I don't know pizza? You, I was going to say I don't think you know what a gardener is but cool, I think right. I like it. And he's like in a right. side salad. Right? He's like, anybody want to toss it? See, this works, Eric. <laughs> you like that one? Did it you works. like that one? Shazam number nine. Got it? We're getting there. It's, I, I, honestly, I'm really concerned of what we're going to be doing with this book for the rest of Mark Wade's run because it's just been really kind of down this entire time. But Dan Moore is back now, isn't he? I don't know. I don't uh, think so. No. Oh, uh, if this is right. Well, let me see the cover. Ah. Uh, it, why can't I click on the cover to see? And I'm looking. It kind of looks like maybe Emmanuel Lupacino, who we do like, would, is do. on it. So we'll see. Seems like they're just like throwing in. But but when we have this all, uh, remember how it ended? We we were setting up something that's was kind of ridiculous. Uh, the creeper. Uh, the creeper. Oh right, that thing in the cabinet. They don't mean Bibbo. They oh. mean the actual. And it they mean Jack like, Ryder. Remember at one point we thought that maybe they were playing. It looks like the full out creeper on the cover. Yeah. So that'd be kind of cool. Character we don't see often, yeah. right? I'd rather have him than the Diddler. That's not a character I, I really appreciate. The Diddler. You are talking about it, though. Me and <laughs> I just like bringing it up, Eric. Uh, and then in the meantime, there is another book that we probably won't. That we'll see. It's not really. In con- it's pretty good. I've already read it, but it's uh, Batman First Night, number one. Oh. I think people would be uh, interested in it. It's Dan Jurgens with Mike Perkins on art. And it's set in the year 1939, Eric. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no parts of it. Pretty good. I mean, better than some of the bullshit that we read, but the bullshit we read is in continuity, so it should matter more. So we'll see. Or maybe if, if you're not into it, I can get somebody else to maybe do it with me to kind of go with the flow because we don't have tons of books. Two of those will be on the Patreon. Is it about the origins of Batman? Nah, I, I, I read it, and it's funny. I ended up getting a review copy. From Dan Jurgens, actually, and it was like three months ago. It was a while ago. I barely can remember, but I remember sitting, sitting there thinking, "This is pretty good." I don't know why yeah. I was on some email list for Dan Jurgens. Probably from when I asked him why he was involved with the Booster Gold stuff, and somehow he thought I meant to. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's the Bat Slash Man. Yeah. That, uh, that, oh, I, that, yeah. I don't know why I always get a little giggle out of Hyphen so. Man. 
Yeah, it's the hyphen name. It's weird, too, because now I'm looking at at one point in the solicit, they keep putting bat, then you have the dash, then a space, then the man. That seems weird. But I think that might be a typo. That extra Q was a typo. But yeah, that that is it for the books that we'd have next week. As I said, two would be on the Patreon spotlight, patreon.com slash weird science, where we have a lot of fun talking, skewing, reviewing, and all that sort of thing over there. But other than that, that's it. I hope that people enjoyed some of these books or at least talking about them, trying to figure them out. They're tough. They are tough, but that is it. Go also to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com. Check out reviews from Sus Gabe. They're over there. Also check out our YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics, where I end up doing stuff and Eric joins me as well. So that is it. Eric, what do we say at the end of the show? Everybody have a great week. Week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird Science is the revolution. Weird Science is the revolution.